This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Monday, the 27th of July. They've gone mad over this Lord and the Coke. I mean, every single paper this morning, kick him out. Well, he's already resigned, hasn't he? Couldn't quit quick enough. I bet his family must be really embarrassed. I mean, there's some old man of 69 purporting to be snorting either talcum powder or cocaine. I mean, it's a bit difficult to tell. I don't know. I wasn't there. Uh, And then dressing up in a bra and then making... Oh, dear. I mean, the whole thing is just a disaster. He's now being probed by the police. Lead me astray, he says, as he's stripped off. And they managed to capture it all. They've got his cheque. He's with Bank of Scotland. They've got his comments uh, during this sex session on just about everybody, from Cherie Blair to, to Boris Johnson. It's amazing. So we'll have to read it, won't we? I mean, I'm as fascinated as the next person that some poor old has-been at the age of 69 is still doing cocaine and um, and slagging everybody off. Sneer of the realm, they've called him. Sneer of the realm. He doesn't, doesn't seem to like anybody at all. Mind you, he, he quit fast enough, didn't he? I, I thought that was about... Out of all the stories that have ever appeared in the newspapers, that one would have to be the one that had the, the quickest impact... The quickest impact when they actually... The story appeared in the morning. We did it on LBC yesterday morning when the papers arrived in. And he was gone by the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> Didn't take any time at all. You thought he would sort of, you know, fought it or said, no, no, it's not me. It's not me. But they've obviously got recordings. I mean, it, it's amazing, isn't it? So a hooker or two hookers go to somebody's flat in Dolphin Square. OK, I understand how that works. And, and they then know who he is. Because I didn't know who he was. You know, I just know he's a lord, but that doesn't doesn't mean anything to me. Lord Sewell, that mean diddly squat to me. But he was obviously important enough for these hookers to film him doing cocaine. Now, either, I mean, if it is cocaine, I mean, that, that's the funny thing, isn't it? I'm assuming the whole thing is so embarrassing that he doesn't really know where to turn now. Well, I've got a rough idea after seeing some of his uh, pictures. So these girls, did they go equipped to take pictures? Was this a setup? Did they supply the cocaine or the drugs or whatever it turned out to be? Did they... I mean, I just don't... I don't quite understand it. Is he known for this kind of thing? If so, I was well out on a... I'll have to check, actually. Stig Abel, as you know, is on holiday at the moment. And uh, I'll have to check with him when he gets back. Because this one's an interesting one. I mean, there must be thousands of hookers at any time trekking their way across London and going into places. But for hookers to go with little miniature cameras... I mean, that, that... there's, there's something a bit odd about it, isn't it? I can't quite get my head around it. And somebody must have earned some money, so they were able to take a, a very, you know, not even a, a hidden camera, this thing. It, it doesn't look like it's hidden. They managed to get a picture of him snorting with a £5 note. I mean, I ask you, how cheap do you have to be? I mean, a £20 note or a £50 note, yes, you understand. Not a, not a fiver. I suppose if he'd had a pound, he'd have done it with a pound. And then he put this, this hooker's bra on and then... And then the whole thing degenerated. I mean, to be honest with you, you can't help laughing at him. Because at 69, I mean, he's, he's such a buffoon. Such, and especially as he's supposed to be sort of the, uh, the, the guardian of our morals and things like that. But as he's stripped off, he snorted more of this powder, which he called Coca-Cola. I've never heard of Coca-Cola before. Well, I've heard of it as a, as a drink. But he's stripped naked... Thank God those pictures aren't in the paper, but I suspect they, they probably have those as well. And uh, and then he, he poured women and um, and said, uh, one of them said, you're such a party animal. And he then said, I know, disgusting, isn't it? I mean, how embarrassing. Imagine if that's your father. 
how humiliated you would feel. That's my father, who sleeps with hookers. You know, I'm quite sure, you know, they keep telling us it's the world's oldest profession. But then, but they obviously just carried on recording. And, and then he starts passing comment on all of the people that you read about in the daily papers. I'll, I'll go through it later on. He also reckons that there is a problem with MPs and boys. And uh, he says, I think there's lots going on. Not in a great name, what, not with women. He says, I think the real problem is, you know, you know, boys. Now, uh, Lord Sewell lives in one of these flats in Dolphin Square, a smart complex. There's nothing smart about it, to be honest with you. It's been there for donkey's years. It's a little myriad of little tiny corridors. In fact, first time I went there, uh, because I knew somebody who had a flat there, I, th- I thought it was um, I thought it was council. I had no idea. They're actually quite um, quite sought after. And the reason they're sought after is because they're within walking distance to the House of Commons, and that's why people live there. And they've got a swimming pool. It was considered quite flash for a place like that to have a, a swimming pool. Uh, Scotland Yard have um, started uh, a probe into claims that MPs used the flats in Pimlico for child abuse. I mean, is this, is this even bigger than we imagined yesterday? You know, yesterday we were looking at the newspapers, and, and I have to be honest, it's kind of washing over me a little bit now, because the, uh, the MP who's been accused of all sorts of things by somebody else has said, this is ridiculous, I'm not a paedophile. And uh, this person has not been named in the newspapers, quite rightly so. So we'll come around to that one a little bit later on. Plus the, um, the allotment show. Now, I, I quite like the idea of allotments. I think, hasn't James O'Brien got an allotment? I think he's got an allotment. And uh, the idea is that you go there and you grow your own vegetables. And very nice it is too. Residents have won prizes for, for carrots, marrows and cauliflowers for 43 years at the Quedgley Show. Apparently, they've now lost the plot because so few people entered this year that the Quedgley Community Trust accepted shop-bought goods. In other words, people could go to their local Tesco and buy peas uh, or buy marrows or buy just about anything and pass it off as their own. I mean, I've never heard of it before. Member Andy Jarrett says, in the real world, it's impossible to know if somebody's actually grown their entry. Buying from the supermarket is not something we encourage, but we do want more people to get involved. I mean, the uh, the vice chair, Graham Smith, said it's frankly embarrassing. I suppose times have changed. What? Are you completely off your trolleys, you two? I mean, most people buy their food from Tesco or Asda and then pass it off as their own. Have you heard of such a thing? I seriously didn't know it was possible. The councillor, Gene Hanks, confessed the turnout was not very good. The organiser are going to have to rethink. Rethink? I mean, people were sort of competing in 50 categories. If hardly anybody entered, I suggest they abandon the thing now. But it meant, you know, cheat and two veg, as they say. Oh, God, more pictures of the, uh, of the Lord a-leaping. Although leaping into the arms of a, of a hooker, by the look of it. There were two of them. Two hookers. Honestly, I mean, I mean, I'd be more interested to find out, you know, if they're paying tax. I'm always intrigued by things like that. I really am. Do you remember the uh, the hospital porter from Channel 4's programme? This was Channel 4's 24 hours in A&E, pardon me. He went to uh, to court. He was trying to groom a 13-year-old girl. This is Kevin Hillman. He pestered her on social media sites, but was trapped by her mum after she stepped in and pretended to be the girl. Uh, Hillman, Kevin Hillman, this is, demanded to see her breasts and sent two explicit pics. He's a porter at King's College Hospital in South London. I shouldn't imagine he is any more. But uh, he admitted inciting a 13-year-old girl to engage in a non-penetrative sexual act. He wept as he was given a, a suspended six-month sentence at Woolwich Crown Court. What a perv. 
Although, although, 13 years old, what did I tell you at the beginning of the programme? The girl who's just gone back to school at the age of 13, having just given birth. She was having sex at apparently 11 and 12. Uh, Apparently the father doesn't live with her. Well, there's a mercy. I mean, what sort of tramps are we bringing up in this country? A 13-year-old girl has gone back to school having given birth. She was having sex at 12. Why has this boy not been prosecuted? Why are they not before the courts? What an old slapper. Good grief, honestly. Can't believe it. And they actually sort of went through it. And then the papers have said uh, they aren't actually living together at the moment. She's 13. What do you mean, living together? Don't tell me the council you only give her a flat. That'll just about do my day in, I think. Uh, everyone who has a phone can take good quality photos on this day and age, says Malcolm. Yes, I'm not complaining about the, the photos. What I'm complaining about is, how do they know who he is? I mean, I do not... I mean, are you telling me now that hookers know who the House of Lords are? I wouldn't have had the faintest idea who Lord Sewell is. I don't, I don't recognise him. He's done nothing as far as I'm concerned. He's Deputy Speaker of the House. Doesn't mean diddly squat to me. I don't know him. I've never seen him before. And yet two old brasses that were, that were taken round to the flat or turned up at the flat suddenly decided that they had pictures of somebody who was worth busting. So they, they, they accept their fee. I mean, to be honest with you, they're an absolute disgrace to the, uh, to the hooking profession. The whole idea of being a hooker is that you're supposed to be doing it discreetly. You're not supposed to be sleeping with people, taking money and then selling them down the river. A couple of old brasses. Dear me, I mean, honestly. I mean, I'm assuming they were brasses and they weren't reporters. Because it just, as I say, I mean, it, I don't know who this man is. I shouldn't imagine 99% of you have got the faintest idea who he is either. So they turn up at this flat. Do they then go, it's Lord Sewell, it's Lord Sewell. Or do they look on the nameplate or does he sort of put another name? I mean, surely he didn't put Lord Sewell on there, did he? I think he's actually got it on his front door. This is the residence of Lord Sewell. They, they do have that. If you go around Hampton Court, Lord and Lady so-and-so or Lady so-and-so or the Dowager, they, they've got their little nameplates there. But at Dolphin Square, I thought very unwise to put Lord Sewell on your door. But he, he might be that, you know... Might be that vain that he might do something like that. Because otherwise, how would hookers know? And then they start taking pictures. It's Lord Sewell. Let's take some pictures as we go through. Let's, I mean, do they turn up with the powder? Does he, does he get the powder? Do they have sex? Or does he, I mean, is he capable? Is he 69, for God's sake? At one point, he puts a bra on and a leather jacket. In other words, they must have been fairly old, hefty hookers. Mind you, brasses nowadays. I mean, they come in all shapes and sizes. But he's wearing one of their bras and a little leather sort of jacket thing. It's all slightly peculiar, isn't it? Slightly peculiar. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not complaining about the, uh, not complaining about the quality of the pictures because I know that we've all got, you know, quality cameras. That's why I've, I've complained for years, haven't I? That there's no such thing as the Loch Ness monster. The Loch Ness monster does not exist. Otherwise, somebody have a perfect picture. There's never been a perfect picture of it. You know, in this day and age, you can take a picture with a cardboard box with a pinhole in the front of it, and you get a better picture than the rubbish that's doing the rounds at the, uh, the moment. Isn't being a lord the oldest profession? Poor hookers. Honestly, the scum they have to associate with, says Paul. It is old, though, isn't it? That in this day and age, hookers will sell you... I mean, to be honest with you, I couldn't care less. You know, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a great shame that the poor old soul has been exposed like that because it's, they've got... Oh, and I should imagine they've got pictures of him start naked. I feel quite queasy this morning, do you not? It's quarter past four. This... 
Nick of the team at breakfast. Should there be a terrorist attack, 5,000 troops will take to the streets of the UK. But some people are worried about our civil liberties. Will soldiers stomp all over them and does it matter? And how many jobs can one man have? Boris Johnson has now accepted £500,000 to write a book about Shakespeare. All of that and more with Nick Ferrari from 7 after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. Vincent Moss, Sunday Mirror's political editor, will be looking at the papers for today. They'll also be finding out where summer's gone. I don't know. It's just a, I think it's coming back. I don't think it's coming back just yet. I love the idea that somebody's written to, to me. Well, they've written to LBC uh, saying, uh, poor old BBC Five Live, you used to be good, but LBC has taken the top slot. Yes, but by miles. I mean, the, the share of the audience for this pitiful radio station, which costs you so many billions of pounds every year. Uh, this programme has a 21.8% share. Poor little Five Live, 65 Hardly worth bothering. Might as well shut up shop. More people working on the programmes than are listening, which is a great shame. Do you think Sewell's new job, Steve, would be working for Customs Heathrow, sniffing out cocaine and pursuing trafficked uh, sex workers all day long whilst paying tax and not... Costing the British tax public £200 a day expenses? I don't know, actually. I just, do you, do you, do, I mean, I just feel... You see, I used to. Well, I was, I was, never, I was never that enamoured by the House of Lords. Never, never particularly bothered me. I just thought it was a lot of sort of elderly men and women who had sort of reached their, their time as civil servants or, or they donated enough to party funds and somebody went, oh, we're going to give you a lordship. You can go and dress up in ermine and put your robes on and, and piddle up and down in the House of uh, Lords. And they go, OK, that's fine. It never bothers me, really that they're just ordinary people. He's probably got Lord something written on his checkbook now, hasn't he? I don't know whether or not he's actually got... Uh, whether he's wife, married. I don't know if he's got children. Either way, it's a big embarrassment for him. And uh, he's... But what, what he said about other... I have to read it because it's, uh, it's, it's so interesting, really. Apart from these... And these pictures are real close-up. Real close-up as, he, as he's appearing to snort cocaine. Now, I'm not naive enough to think, I don't know what cocaine looks like, but, I mean, this just looks like a white powder. Could be anything to me. But what they did, they had them lined up. And he also had a bottle of wine going. I mean, really? And then they've got pictures of him. And, um, I mean, you just... You feel like pointing and laughing at him. Silly old man, honestly. Cocaine at his age. But then what does he say about everybody? This apparently is what they've got recordings of. Um, First of all, uh, on David Cameron... Most facile, superficial PM there's ever been. Boris Johnson, he's a joke, a public school, upper-class twit. Alex Salmon, I saw silly pompous Pratt holding court. Jeremy Corbyn, useless, a romantic left-wing idiot. On Andy Burnham, he goes whichever way the wind blows. On Liz Kendall, God, what's her name? Too naive, really. What Do these hookers sit down and start asking him questions about people? I don't know whether or not that's possible. On Yvette Cooper, okay, but not strong, not bright enough. Tony Blair went to war because of love affair with Bush. On Cherie Blair, very ambitious, obsessed with money. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I would think that probably is quite right. Len McCluskey, uh, minimalised influence of this idiot. And on George Osborne, very, very consummate politician, he'll be PM. And then, of course, you get poor old Sewell in his Lord's robes. Poor little old cokehead, honestly. What a sad old man. I mean, perhaps, it is, perhaps it's a look-alike. Let's err on the side of caution and say it's a look-alike. Because, you, I mean, I can't really believe that somebody would be this daft. I mean, why would you be that silly? I mean, obviously, it's, it's up to him what he wants to shove in his body. I couldn't care less. Makes no difference to me. The fact I'm paying for it irks me somewhat. But, I mean, you know, he, he can stand and wear women's bra and panties all night. As well. I, couldn't, I couldn't really care less. Doesn't affect me. Well, unless he comes round here, in which case I'm going to be slightly affected and probably try and lock the studio door. But I'd, I'd like to ask him why 
why were you so dumb? You're supposed to be a lord. You know, people go, oh, House of Lords. And yet, really, you know, the more you read about them, they're a bunch of degenerates. Cocaine at 69. I mean, hilarious. What next? Pe- peanut butter fried sandwiches, my lord, late at night. What did I watch the other day? I quite like it. Richie Rich. I think it was Richie Rich with uh, Macaulay Culkin. Uh, one of those children who didn't quite make it to adulthood. Didn't quite make it. I sat next to him in a restaurant once uh, where he came over to London to do something. He was just a thin, emaciated child who was sort of drinking alcohol. But, of course, he, he was an adult by that time. And I watched Richie Rich, and I quite liked it, actually. <laughs> it was quite a good bit of fun, fun propaganda film, which was which was good for, for very rich people. Uh, the lad of 18's been named. You know the one who died after taking laughing gas? He's a college student called Ali Calvert. Well, he was while he was alive. This is the one, and I said yesterday, he'd taken alcohol with it as well. Now, I don't know whether or not alcohol and nitrous oxide do not mix or whether or not he had a heart defect. I've got no idea. I have no idea what the effects of laughing gas are. I don't know whether you take it and you laugh uncontrollably or you want to blow a balloon up. I really don't know. It's it's never never come into my life at all. I don't know anybody who actually takes the stuff. I've seen lots of the little cylinders everywhere. And, I, and do they take it just to make their voice sound funny? Is that what it comes down to? Because we, we, we've sort of found out it's got legitimate uses, but when inhaled, it makes you feel euphoric and relaxed. I get the same effect with a bottle of Prosecco. This happy feeling has led to a big nickname, laughing gas. Some people also experience hallucinations. However, there is a risk of death as a lack of oxygen can occur when using nitrous oxide. The clue is kind of there, isn't it? The word is death. The clue is death. You know, I don't want to sort of give too much away to young people now. Go, yeah, it's really funny. Oh, my God, the Alsatian's melting in the corner. You know, oh, I've died. What a shame. You know, what, what more can you say to the parents of these children apart from, you know... You don't know what your kids get up to, do you? You have no idea. When they go off to these parties, they'll see other people doing it. They think, I can do that. But if you've got a slight heart defect or if you've got something wrong inside that maybe has not shown up before now, to stick something into your body. I mean, the latest one we had, apart from we had Meow Meow, then we had Ketamine, a horse tranquilizer. Have you seen the size of horses? It's got to be fairly drastic if you want to stick that in your body, hasn't it? Horse tranquilizer. In my days, it, it, was, sort of, it was sort of smoking this marijuana stuff. You know, and sort of wandering around going, yeah, woo, we're like really cool and all that. But I mean, nobody was particularly cool and it smelt like old socks anyway. And nowadays, what did I see the other day? I think it was garage door paint stripper, which people have sort of put into garage door paint stripper. Why would you want to put this in your body? A friend of mine went to a club about a year ago and he said he was the only one who was technically straight. He didn't, you know, he said everybody around him is like, I love you. I really love you. You know, I mean. If I did a programme like that, I'd be really popular. I'd be a really popular person, yeah, saying how much you love everybody. I've heard programmes before where I've seriously thought that the presenter was un- some, under some sort of influence. Me, being diabetic, I've only got to have three sort of jelly babies and I'm up there on the ceiling. You get a really fast programme if I do anything that's particularly sweet. If I have a couple of chocolate biscuits before the programme, we race through it. We, we couldn't care less. We throw caution to the wind. We don't care. We'll be down there with the Lord. We'll be down there putting the bra on and the little little leather jacket. We don't care. That's how reckless you can be if you're a diabetic. But I certainly wouldn't be shoving anything into my... I'm assuming you put it... I don't know. Do you put it into your nose? These little capsules? Very odd, isn't it? Not normal at all. Can you imagine if, if everybody was like this? I've often said, though, there are so many drugs doing the rounds in clubs now. I feel a bit boring and sort of out, out on a limb. But, uh, but they said here, this is always the way, isn't it? 
I mean, I, I, can, I can read you text word for word on every young person who loses their life because they've done something which is away from the norm. They've done something that not every young person does. And uh, somebody says he was always happy, always laughing. Well, of course he was. He was taking laughing gas. And they said he was fine at the party, his normal self. He only had one beer. Nobody, no one was doing laughing gas. Well, where did he get it from? I mean, it's just ridiculous. One pal said he was fine just minutes before he collapsed on Saturday night, took him to hospital, and, it, and he died in hospital. I mean, for the parents, it's, they must throw their hands up to the ceiling and go, why? Why do people do these things? And the answer is, we don't know. Yards from where he collapsed, the sun found dozens of used nitrous oxide little canisters. They're only tiny. You could probably fit about, probably about 50 in your pockets now. But you just don't... Under, what, what do we have to do? To say to young people, and he seems a fairly intelligent person, well, he did, at 18 years old, he was a college student, and um, the, the death is being treated as unexplained. And you think, what on earth possesses somebody to put something into their body that their body's not used to having? It's like, for me, strangely enough, Indian food. Indian food. I haven't had Indian food for about two or three years now because it affects me so badly. It used to be the ghee that was in there and then everything else. And it's got sauce in it within seconds, literally within seconds of having it. I feel like I'm having an internal massage. It's horrible, really ghastly. Somebody said to me the other day, because there's a few, few people in the office who are diabetic, and, and somebody said, how do you know when you're not very well? I said, you know. You can just feel it. I can't describe what the feeling is, but I'm just telling you that in your tummy, you can feel that something's not going right. And I've had days where I've had somebody for, you know, you get a craving for, the, oh, a craving craving strawberry milkshake I had a craving for a strawberry milkshake and I can't have a McDonald's one because it is practically all sugar so that's out the window straight away so there was a Marks and Spencer's one and it's only a little bottle it's only a, it's like a little bottle of what you used to get at school the little orange squash things and I bought two and I put them at the, at the top of the fridge and I forgot about them and then the other day was it Thursday might have been Thursday or Friday Thursday I think it was I decided to have one I just got a craving for and it was ice cold it'd been sitting at the top of the fridge it was ice it was delicious well within half an hour of being in bed up to the toilet and it was there, a progression all night if I went once I went 10 times it takes ages to work it through the uh, the system but at the time it was kind of worth it for this ex and then below me down I only had another one there I found another one at the back of the fridge I thought oh it's nearly passed its sell by in fact, the sell-by date is today. So I had it, and, and I got halfway through it, and I thought, oh, you mustn't drink any more, but kind of it gets the better of you. I'm, I'm not very good, actually. I'm a bit weak and feeble. I did enjoy it, but again, up all night. And I've had certain times where I've had certain bits of food, and I've woken up in the night, and I've seriously thought, this is, I'm, I'm about to breathe my last. I've crawled up the corridor thinking, oh, God, this is not a good time to die. Not a good time to die. Uh, 84850, uk. Uh, perhaps the dressing up, says Malcolm, comes from wearing the ermine robes. I mean, it's just the fact they've got nude pictures of him. I mean, do, they, do you think they're, they're going to be released onto the internet? <laughs> that would be quite funny, wouldn't it? But uh, anyway, poor old soul. He's, uh, he's, he's given up now. He's, uh, he's given up completely. Gary's in Edinburgh. He says, I hope you realise you make people's lives a bit better. Well, I mean, I do know. Because we see the audience figures. You know, they're just, at the moment, they're, they're riding on this crest of a wave. Did you notice Spain has increased the age of consent from 14 to 16, says Ian? Yes, I noticed that. I'd forgotten it was 14 in Spain. Seems a trifle young to me. But uh, <coughs> 14 is what it was. And, uh, do you know, funny thing enough, I, I never ever thought of the, uh, of the Spanish as being particularly sexual. 
I never sort of thought, oh, Spanish, you know, Italians, you can understand. People go, Italians, quor. You never think, oh, Spanish, Manuel, Paella. No, I don't think so. You know, hola, goodbye. It's uh, 4.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Bobby Christina Brown, as you know, has uh, died at the age of 22. To be honest with you, I thought she would uh, was dead for a long time. I think she was six months uh, in a coma. I think then they just decided to let her go. And uh, there was never any chance that she was going to be coming back anytime soon. That's why I think they actually said, you know, she's gone home to um, to die. It's dreadful, really. I wonder really whether or not, you know, the uh, the young of famous people. I can remember I've, t- I've spoke to loads of people about her mum when her mum died. And, you th- and again, you know, all these drugs and everything else that do the rounds, all the people you think are quite clean, you know, all of a sudden turn out not to be so clean. And then I told you the story the other day of little Aidan Davis. Little Aidan Davis had an inoperable uh, cancer and he'd had it from the age of three. Uh, they told him by the age of 10 he was terminal. And his parents then wrote to the magician David Copperfield in uh, in the States, because that's where Aidan Davis came from, uh, saying, you know, he has three three wishes. He'd like to meet you. And he wants one of his friends to have a stopover in his place overnight. You know, kids have these sleepover in America. And, uh, and he also wanted uh, for his class to have a party. And he achieved them all. David Copperfield flew him and the family out to Las Vegas, put them up in a nice hotel, uh, took him on a tour around the uh, the hotel, took him into the show so he could watch the David Copperfield show. I'm not totally convinced he knew who David Copperfield was, to be brutally honest. Having read the story and being the world's biggest cynic, you know, when he was taken around David Copperfield's museum, which for magicians is like the holy grail of holy grails, uh, then you could you could sort of see he just did a couple of things for him. And it was quite sweet. Anyway, little Aidan Davis lost his uh, his fight for life the other day, and David Copperfield did a, a lovely tribute on his page. Kelvin McKenzie has done a similar thing in his column today. He says, and I'll, I'll read it verbatim, it's not particularly long. A couple of weeks ago, I wrote about Vicky Taylor, a lovely mum who was forced to cancel her American Airlines flight to Florida because she was diagnosed with inoperable lung cancer. For the record, she was a non-smoker. Despite not being well, she fought to get her money back. Vicky was blocked at every turn with neither the airline nor their agent's flight centre prepared to do anything. Finally, and you hear this time and time again, finally her friends turned to this column and the army of readers who give it strength. I'm pleased to report that following my article on Vicky from near Gloucester, American Airlines has now agreed to pay her back the £1,240. In a statement, it apologised for the poor treatment and said there had been a genuine mistake in not refunding the money at once. Further, they were to give her daughter Abby a new ticket without the £600 extra charge they had in mind before I wrote about the family's plight. Isn't it funny how all these genuine mistakes mean the airlines always keep the money? It's never the other way round, is it? In what I hope was a proper sign of remorse, American even sent flowers to the hospital where Vicky was being treated and that's why she was in such a good mood with Shent when she sent me a, a photo from her ward above. So the, so the battle was worthwhile, he says, except in one respect, on Saturday night, Vicky died. He said, God bless you. As a picture of her there. And so she got her money back. And it does, it just goes to prove, it, it, it's, it's, you know, it is the power of the media. Do you remember the problems I had trying, trying to get my parcels from America? But luckily, because there's such a, a huge group of people who listen to LBC, you're always going to know somebody 
You're always going to know somebody. I remember saying ages ago, I'd love to learn how to ice skate. I was inundated with people offering to teach me to ice skate. You know, I've had personal trainers who've offered to sort of do it. The uh, the DHL story was, was classic because we've had to use them twice. And believe it or not, Gary uh, we're going, and Alan, we're going to be doing it again because I, in a, in a moment of weakness, ordered some more shirts. And you know what happens? They, they come into the country, DHL try and deliver... They can't because I'm never in half the time and they're not allowed to leave them with somebody else. They've got to go to the person named on the thing. So in about a week and a half's time, uh, I shall be contacting Gary, who will be contacting Alan and will be trying trying to get hold of my poor parcel again. This time it's four shirts. The parcel's getting bigger, Gary. I've now decided it's 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 the kind of thing that's keeping me going. I absolutely love it. Uh Angela says, please wish me a happy birthday today. Sadly, my first year single with a lovely guy, mate, taking me out later and seeing my personal trainer today to kick ass and get fit. She said, I wanted to be Putney's answer to Beyonce and Lopez. 46, but feel 30. Isn't it funny? You know what? You you sort of get an age thing now. And I've always been a, a great believer in you are as young as you think you are. So, in other words, when, when you actually, you know, I've, I've met no end of people and they all say to me, I'm so-and-so, and I go, really? Nobody's looking their age nowadays. You do if you smoke. That's the problem. Smoking is, is a, big, uh, a big age thing for people, but luckily I don't smoke. I do eat, and I do do sort of all the, uh, all the usual bits and pieces, and just to really depress myself, I'm going to go and see Matthew Bourne's Car Man this coming Friday, Saturday. This coming Saturday, we're going to see Car Man. Uh, at Sadler's Wells, which I'm, I've seen every one of Matthew's pieces before now, so I'm really looking forward to this one, really looking forward to it. The reviews have been fantastic, and it's just full of really good-looking people who dance and, uh, and who look, they, I think they call it ripped. Ripped, I think, is the, uh, is the description. Um, um, Mr Sewell, it's all on YouTube, says Maria. Oh, is it? Oh, dear. <laughs> how, how tacky. I'm not sure I want to see it, actually. And uh, and Lynn says, young people today can't seem to enjoy themselves without drugs. I was always happily listening to the music of the time and going to concerts. I know. I mean, I, I worked in nightclubs for, for years, for discos, and I never did any drugs at all. In fact, to be honest with you, I never even drank. I was a very late starter. When it actually came to drinking, I was, I was really late. I never drank any alcohol till I was about 18, 19. 18 or 19. I mean, my, my brother was drinking wine. At, you know, we used to have a thing that... Uh, that we used to um, have wine with Sunday lunch, but I, I never, I never had wine. I never liked the taste of it. My father used to drink that ghastly Liebfrau Milch and Riesling and stuff. Oh, horrid, horrid, horrid. The only time we ever got any proper alcohol was Christmas Day when we got champagne and orange juice. That was my, that was my parents' big treat. Working class family. They didn't, um, you know, they didn't drink themselves very much at all. But on Christmas Day, my, that was my mother's treat. She put the bottle of champagne in the fridge overnight, and for, when we were opening the presents, we'd have champagne and orange juice. So by the time she came to cook the, uh, the Christmas lunch, she was all over the place. Sometimes she'd, she'd go in the kitchen, she'd be on her hands and knees in front of the cooker, laughing uncontrollably. I mean, seriously, I mean, how we ever got through Christmas Day was a sheer miracle in our house. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Ian says, is this peer a victim of a sting? Which might lead to handcuffs, the whip, which could lead to that, caught by the coronet. I don't, do you know, I find it really, I mean, the more I read into the story, the more odd, unless he booked it, booked these girls in his name. Oh, it's Lord Sewell here. You know, but yet you, I mean, surely in the back of his mind, you must be thinking that if you're, if you're known, you don't want to be seen doing drugs, do you? 
I mean, perhaps he seriously thought, perhaps in his tiny mind, and it has to be pretty tiny, that these girls wouldn't be taking... Because they're hookers and you were renting them for a couple of hours or whatever it was, they wouldn't be taking photographs. <laughs> I should imagine that uh, series of photographs has netted them quite a few thousand pounds. I wouldn't like to exactly imagine... I shall find out. I shall find out. I, I'm having a rough guess that that's worth about ten to £15,000 now. Because these the stories don't pay as much as you think. You get more from going on Big Brother. Unless, of course, you're a sad old cokehead like Daniela Westbrook. Seems a bit pointless giving a cokehead £200,000. Hello? A racist troll who mocked the death of uh, toddler Mikhail Kular on Facebook is facing jail. Jamie Milligan also threatened to rape a woman. I'm glad they get more of these uh, trolls here. Mikhail was killed in January by his mum, who's serving an 11-year sentence. Jamie Milligan made racist remarks while a hunt for the boy was still being carried out. The Asperger sufferer from Paisley admitted behaving in a threatening or abusive way by posting offensive comments. Uh, I think send him to prison. Let him rot in there. These people, you have to drag them out screaming by their little short hair. They're generally so- There's something the matter with most of them. They've got some screws loose. And uh, but I think I think prison's the best place for him. So at least we know who he is now. Jamie Milligan. OK, just to, just in case he decides to try and get a job anywhere down here. Uh, dear, I wonder how old Lord Sewell thinks he is, says Martin. Well, I don't know. I'm as confused as the as the next person. It's you know, it's all the oh my Lord on earth is that? Oh, it's Aston Merigold. Aston Merigold was in a little group called JLS. Uh, JLS disbanded because basically nobody was buying the records anymore. They, they only keep groups going if they continue to sell records, if they continue to generate enough income. And JLS didn't. And so they all went off and did different things. One's a farmer, one's a presenter, uh, one's, yeah, one, one presents here and does a little bit of telly stuff as well. And uh, unwisely, Aston Merigold decided to stick with the singing which is what he grew up doing. He used to do all the children's programmes. You know, she'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. Woo, woo, she'll be... And he used to do that kind of stuff on the television. Uh, Then he sort of butched himself up and got tattoos and everything else. And uh, then he decided that he was... uh, that he was going to go for a solo career after it finished. And I always think, and I've said before, because of the, the road to fame and fortune is just littered with a lot of people. None of them can make it. Individually, blue, total disaster. And uh, I don't really think this is going to work at all. So he appears at G.A.Y. the other day and, uh, and sort of whips his shirt off in a, in a gay bar. Seems a bit of a pointless exercise, but there you go. And uh, so he... Um, he sort of scrawled his song title over his torso. You know, great, great body. Obviously very appealing to all the guys down there at G.A.Y. That'll be Jeremy Joseph's little outfit. And, um, and he would have picked up quite a few thousand quid for that appearance. Jeremy Joseph pays good money. He's known for paying good money. Aston Merigold could have got seven, eight grand for that one appearance down there. It's not bad money. I think Kylie got 15,000, and it said 15 million. 15,000 pounds. It's amazing, really, isn't it? Amazing. But whether or not... You know, that, that's going to sell a record. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think it works like that anymore. I don't know what the answer is. I, I, I wish there was some magic formula, but there isn't a magic formula for getting into the charts. Is it like being, a, you know, a young, good-looking group? I mean, is Aston Merigold too old? The other day, we were having a good old laugh, because it's always good to take the mickey out of poor old Sarah Harding, a woman for whom the word delusional 
has uh, never been more applicable. And so she's tried a bit of acting, tried a bit of singing, tried a bit of falling down, face down in the gutter a few times, quite a few times. And uh, now she's appearing in Coronation Street. And boy, don't we know it. Droning on about, you know, I mean, I wouldn't mind. She makes good copy. But the trouble is, there's no substance. They said, oh, she was in the St Trinian's film. Tiny roll. Tiny, 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 like that. Yeah, <sighs> Gone. There you go. That's how bad it was. And then she, but music is her life. She's way too old for that kind of thing now. Good God, if Kylie Minogue's pushing the boat out at her age, there's no hope. No hope for Sarah Harding. Uh, Schoolgirls left scarred by savage seagulls. They're everywhere, aren't they? And London, full of chitty city bling ban. What can that be about? I'll tell you after this. Quarter to five. On LBC. Morning, everybody. 13 minutes to five. It's Monday, the 27th of July. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Early breakfast? Breakfast with Bratwurst. Uh, this is the programme that everybody tunes into. Somebody, somebody very silly. I mean, obviously, the brain sell out for the day, but then he is, uh, he is a builder. Not a lot you can say about that. Says, why did you not go to university? Why on earth would you want to go to university? Or to be a radio presenter? Good heavens above, no. I've been a radio presenter and very successfully, too, for ages. Why would you want to go to university? I mean, why did you come over here? Presumably to try and make more money than you could at home. But there again, you know, that's your business, isn't it? Five people have been taken to hospital after a coach crash on the M25 near Leatherhead. Three lanes have been closed. Delays expected until 6.30 this morning. That's, uh, that's fairly busy out there. Fairly busy out there. So uh, just, be, uh, just be careful. Uh, Steve, Sarah Harding's acting bit in Corrie was atrocious. Has she appeared on screen yet? I didn't even think she'd appeared yet. Uh, what have we got in, in town? Chitty City Bling Ban. This are the, um, the blinged supercars which come over from Qatar. In fact, the Emir of Qatar spent 40 grand flying two rollers to the UK for a week. Uh, there have been so many complaints about the posh motors owned by wealthy Arabs, but they're really cheap and tacky looking things. Well, they're, they're not cheap. They're very expensive, but they just look cheap. And so each summer, the boy racers appear uh, in Knightsbridge. It's been called the Ramadan Rush. The council's proposed law would target 11 anti-social activities, including racing, revving, playing loud music and performing stunts. I absolutely agree. Get them off the road. One of them is a Range Rover, which has been blinged in gold. There's a Rolls-Royce Ghost, uh, a Porsche. There was, I saw a, a Lamborghini the other day, which appeared to be mirrored. And I'm assuming that's about 300,000 quid. Mercedes uh, G-Class, 140 grand. Mercedes uh, uh, AMG, 300,000 pounds. Uh, somebody says insiders say Sheikh Tamin Altani, 35, had his Rolls Royce wraiths delivered to his hotel. London said London is awash with supercars from the Gulf. We've got wraiths over here, dear. We've got them over here. You don't need to fly them over. Can you just rent one? Sad people, aren't they? Honestly, you do see them going up and down Knightsbridge. And uh, it's just wealthy Arabs. Of course, had the, had the oil been on the other side, things would have been completely different. But I like the idea of actually taking them off the roads. Just lift up, just crushing them. Just have a portable crusher there. Go on, let's make them smile, shall we? Welcome to London. We're very amenable to uh, people having their, their flashy cars over here. I speak as somebody who has one as well. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, Sherry Hewson, the latest one to sign up for Celebrity Big Brother. This is the only time where they practically released the full cast list. And um, Cherie, uh, as you know from Loose Women, she's mad as a toothbrush. Completely mad, but obviously she needs the money. Uh, loose Women aren't afraid to be controversial, which makes for good telly. No, she plays dumb. She plays dumb on Loose Women. Yeah, they've, they've had one before. We've actually had uh, Nadia, 
We had Carol on there. And didn't... Um, who was the, the fat Nolan? Who was the... Colleen. She did it as well. I think they've all done it. But they say here she'll attract loose women fans. Why will she? Why would, what, for saying stupid things? I mean, she is known as a, as, as, a, as a slightly more intelligent Jade Goody. And that's about as good as it gets. Uh, they also say Janice Dickinson. I mean, she must be near death, mustn't she? Janice Dickinson. How old is she, for goodness sake? Um, Paul Dannon. Well, he's off with the fairies. Uh, X Factor, Lovebirds, Stevie Ritchie and Chloe Jasmine Wicello. Oh, God, a career that's finished already for both of them. What a shame. What a shame. And then Daniela Westbrook. <laughs> £200,000, they say. Although I actually reckon you could get her for an awful lot. About 20 quid. I think you'd probably get her for. Uh, who's that a picture of? Nobody. Who's that a picture of? Nobody. Gaz Beadle. Who in God's name is Gaz Beadle? Oh, from Geordie Shaw. Apparently he's doing a charity rugby match. Lovely. About the, that's about as good as it gets now. And who's that one there? Simon Cowell's ex, well, so she says, the barking mad Jasmine Leonard. Did you see her on the... Girl, blimey, she's off with the pixies, isn't she, poor soul? And uh, she's put... Um, she allegedly had a six-month affair with Simon Cowell, and that's what she's dined out on ever since. Poor soul, honestly. Poor soul. You can, you can only feel immensely sorry for her. Poor creature, honestly. Nothing going at all in her life, really. Kick out the cocaine pier, says the Daily Mail. I think they've already done that, haven't they? He's quit the Deputy Speaker role as police investigate. Now calls for him to be expelled from Parliament. He's snorted drugs with call girls. And they're called call girls because you call them on the telephone. And then they turn up. I want to be led astray. Labour Lord begged his £200 a night prostitutes. My God, they're £200 a night. They're really cheap end. I mean, those must be advertising in phone boxes or something. And, uh, and then one calls him Lovey Darling. Oh, no, perhaps he says lovey. It's not lunch, lovey, darling. And then he, he discusses with the women who will have the biggest share of this alleged cocaine. I'm calling it alleged cocaine because I've got no idea. It could be talcum powder. You'd have to be pretty stupid to snort talcum powder, wouldn't you? I quite like, though, that, uh, that Johnson's baby powder. That's quite nice. 120000 a year, but he still moans about paying rent. And um, he's on wife number three. Apparently, he turned a framed photo of his wife face down during his sex games. He's married three times, kept his wedding ring on, and um, he jointly leases the flat with his third wife, Lady Jennifer. Oh, dear. And uh, now, so let's see what he's got. Bespectacled Sewell has seemingly enjoyed a colourful love life. Rosemary, he married in uh, Worcestershire in 1968. They've got two children, Thomas and Kate. And uh, then he married second wife, Leonora Harding. 70, a clinical psychologist in Aberdeen, and um, he was a respected academic and politician, instrumental in helping Tony Blair push through Scottish devolution. So he's got two children, we know that. He's not the first one, though. He's not the first person to bring shame on the house. Lord Taylor of Warwick, jailed for a year in 2011. You remember him, don't you? He claimed more than £11,000 in expenses. Claimed for travelling from a residence in Oxford. He was actually living in Ealing, so we chucked him in prison. Lord Hanningfield former Tory frontbencher, jailed for nine months for false accounting. Lord Archer fell from grace when he was jailed for four years for perjury, found to have lied under oath. Baroness Udin, Britain's first female Muslim peer, booted out of the Lords for 18 months and ordered to repay 125000 after claiming she lived in Kent. She actually lived in East London, lying old bag. And Lord Paul, the Labour peer and one of the country's richest men, suspended from the Lords for four months and repaid thirty-eight grand after admitting he never spent a single night at an Oxfordshire flat that was registered as his main home. And now you've got dirty boy Sewell. He complained about his rent to the call girls and, as I say, dirty old man. 
I bet the wife will be... Do you think she'll be going for divorce? Do you think the wife will be going? Do you think, do you think little Jennifer will be going? Oh, I mean, she is third wife. She must have realised what he was like halfway. I mean, put it this way. You're not telling me this is the first time. This is the first time he's been caught. This is the first time. It's, it's never the first time. Ooh, what a big surprise. First time he's ever done drugs? Can't be. I've never done, I wouldn't have the faintest idea how you were supposed to be doing drugs. But uh, he, he sort of paid up. And, uh, and the rest, as they say, is every single page in the newspapers. So it's good. Whose birthday are we celebrating today? We're celebrating... Oh, God. No, Jack Higgins. First major book, The Eagle Has Landed. Christopher Dean. Good God. How old's Christopher Dean? 57 today. 57. Doesn't look it. And here he is, one of these uh, one of these rickshaw drivers. These are the people who don't pay any tax. So I'm so delighted when you all get in there and I hope you all crash. Because this is one here called Yuris. Yuris uh, Jaborovich is a Russian in Britain. He's on a tourist visa. He's not supposed to be working at all. But he is. And uh, he charged... He, he charged £206 for one mile. OK. This is how much they're raking in. He says there were four of them in there. That's how dangerous these are. And um, he's, a, he's a rising star in Russian opera. So he's come over here. He's not paying a penny piece in tax. Where, where's the tax man? Why is the tax man not clamped down on all these people? He's on a tourist visa. He says, I'm not a bad guy. I do my job. And um, he says that the bill should have been £412. That's what the bill should have been for a mile. He charges £10 a minute. £10 a minute. Don't ever get in them. They're crooks. They're the worst people ever. These these pedicabs, popular with tourists, but uh, lack of regulation, said to give drivers a free rein to charge whatever they want. They go the wrong way up one-way streets. I'd happily run them over. Seriously, take them out completely. Boris Johnson says the mayor has serious concerns. Well, do something about it. Don't stand there uttering. You know, we all know. They've been around on the London streets for ages. They're blooming dangerous. These people, this man shouldn't be working here. He's on a tourist visa. He's supposed to be here for six months. Visitors are not supposed to work, but may apply for a permitted paid engagement extension if the work relates to their main area of expertise. He's in the opera. So let's kick him out, shall we? God, blimey. Can't understand why it takes so long to do these things. Ridiculous. And Tom Cruise, we, we discovered the other day that uh, he has a new love. Emily Thomas, she's 22. What in God's name a 22-year-old can actually have in common with Tom Cruise about the... Oh, sorry, the multimillionaire Tom Cruise. Failed to mention that little bit. What on earth do they talk about, do you think? What can they have in common? Answer, nothing. She's an investment banker's daughter. I bet the parents are thrilled. Absolutely thrilled. Here's our daughter. She's 22. She's getting married to Tom Cruise. How wonderful. Well done. And they say he's getting ready to, uh, to propose. She's gone from his personal assistant to his potential real-life leading lady. This is after Mimi Rogers, Nicole Kidman, Katie Holmes. The list goes on and on. They all have one thing in common. They're all exes. And uh, she's been blonde before. Now she's dark. She's a typical bimbo-y 22-year-old who, as I say, hasn't even been around the world long enough. Uh, her headmaster, James Fowler, described her as delightful. She was from a very nice, supportive, very ordinary family. I remember her as a popular, outgoing and engaging pupil. A good student, terrific sportswoman and excelled in athletics. I bet she did. I bet she did. I bet she's been demonstrating that to Tom Cruise. Look, I can stand on one leg and put my other leg over my head. How marvellous. Well done, you. So, uh, blonde and brunette and could get there and, uh, and be the next, the next Mrs Tom Cruise. Uh, police were doing... Um, we were doing a bit of a surveillance the other day with, uh, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on. And they actually had um, 
uh, a gardener. They actually decided the gardener was up to no good. Uh, he was at a nearby nursing home, and the staff there... He, he was in a friend's garden. The, the staff at the nursing home looked over, and they saw him with a rake. OK, a rake, you know, because he's, he's a gardener. I don't have to explain this to the nursing home staff, who seem ultimately stupid. So the police sent a helicopter, 12 men and a dog unit, to tackle a man with a rake who was raking over a friend's garden. What? It is true. It is true. I mean, some th- you know, the people in the neighbourhood thought it must have been something really, really serious. I mean, to be honest with you, the, uh, the staff at the nearby nursing home, you know, should be fired immediately. Far too stupid for their own good. Mum, if they think a man with a rake is, uh, is going to be causing a bit of trouble, God knows what they think some of these pensioners are like, you know, armed with all sorts of dreadful things. God knows. I mean, these people should be kicked out immediately. Why are these people such idiots? But the police sent a helicopter, 12 men and a dog unit to tackle a gardener. Don't go out in the garden. It's dangerous. Where is this? Where is Christchurch in Dorset? Oh, blimey. Used to be up north. Dumber, 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 dumber. You get to Newcastle, Cheryl, Versace, Spagbull. Now it's down to Dorset again. Good Lord. Lord Coke is busted. Every single paper. What can you do with the poor, sad creature? And the answer is, kick him out. No jail for the telly perv. Uh, Chris Froome, first Brit to win the Tour de France twice. Uh, Britain's youngest mum, 13, class act. Goes back to school within six weeks of having her baby. The crooks in the billion-pound pension swindle, and being clever makes you live longer. I'm Steve Allen. It's my early breakfast. It's LBC. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's four minutes past five. It's Monday, the 27th of July. Well, I've been proved right yet again. Sarcasm can boost your creativity. Apparently, the more sarcastic you are, the more creative you are. This programme is living proof. Uh, The allotment show, which lets in shop-bought food. Lord Coke. Oh, dear. That was the sun's scoop of all scoops. Perhaps we should let them deal with the paedophile ring in Westminster. They could probably sort it out fairly quickly. Boris returns fire after the water cannon row with Theresa May. Furious left-wing comic says poor people are eating dog food. Oh, please. The party boy named who dies taking the laughing gas. Being clever makes you live longer. More rain, and then we've got a heat wave. But I do like the rake story and the police. And, the, and the, the story is, as you know, that down in Dorset, where uh, people sort of do a bit of gardening at night time, and this particular man, Wayne Dodd, uh, was gardening uh, together with uh, a guy called Sean Hogan. And what he was doing, he was raking over the garden and, uh, and pulling the roller over it. So, surprisingly, uh, next door but one is an old people's home. They call them nursing homes now. It's an old people's home. And uh, they looked out there. They saw a man with a weapon, the staff. This is Dorset for you. And so they decided to call the police. So anyway, Mr. Mr. Dodd was out there in the garden and he's doing it. And his wife answers the door and there's policemen uh, there. So the, uh, the police helicopter was above. Two policemen approached the front door. They said there was somebody with a weapon in the area. So the wife went, OK, uh, can we come in, madam? You know, so they went, uh, yes. And... Um, Uh, They asked if somebody was out there because they had their eye in the sky. And uh, she said, is this a bit of a problem? Anyway, Mr Dodd, Wayne Dodd, was out there raking the grass under the glare of an external light which had come from the police helicopter. He'd been helping flatten out the ground using the roller. 
Anyway, the uh, the uh, the police officers uh, turned up and they went, oh, OK. And then they left. So that was a police helicopter, an armed response unit, a dog unit and three patrol cars. They reckon it cost up to five grand. Small wonder the police force is in such a disarray down there. Uh, Mr Hogan said he was reassured that the police responded to so potentially serious incidents so quickly, but questioned whether so many people were needed. Well, perhaps it was a bit quiet in Dorset that night. And uh, he said it didn't help that after leaving our house, the police just packed up and left without telling the neighbourhood it was a false alarm. God knows what the neighbours now think's going on over there. The uh, the police uh, at Dorset said at 11.41 on Friday, sorry about the accent, we had a report of somebody with a weapon, but it turned out to be somebody who was doing some late-night gardening. It was uh, a misinterpretation of what the caller had seen. This is This fiasco comes after a dozen armed police descended on a town centre early this month after a teenage girl's tennis racket was mistaken as a firearm. I mean, this is how daft they're getting down there. Droitwich High Street in Worcestershire was sealed off whilst police searched the area. It was only after they checked the CCTV, duh, that they realised that it was a girl with a tennis racket and a tube of tennis balls. My God, how are they getting through to get police on the streets now? I mean, really, a helicopter, somebody with a weapon, it's a rake. Oh, God. There's no hope, is there? No hope at all. Uh, other stories that make the uh, the papers today. Keith Richards confesses to smoking a joint every morning. 71. 70. They do lally, these people, aren't they? And um, the world's stupidest couple. They've already been on the Jeremy Kyle show. And uh, they've decided to embarrass themselves even further. So we'll bring you that story a little bit later on. Ministers beaten by not weed. You've heard all the stories about not weed. And how beauty with a car crash love life who wants to be the new Top Gear host. Oh dear, this is Jodie Kidd. I don't know. Do we have to have somebody... Do they have to have somebody extra on the programme? Is it, is it needed? Um, an airline pilot broke anti-terror laws by allowing a glamour model. This is the ghastly Chloe Mafia. Do you remember her? I think we all know what she is. She claims the married pilot begged to see her breasts and said he was a bit pervy. This is rich from a, a so-called um, Playboy model. I don't know if she's actually been in play, Playboy, but she now strips in front of uh, cameras. This was on Kuwait Airways. Oh dear, obviously a little bit t- tacky on there, aren't they? And can you really believe that people are so poor they're eating dog food? Have you seen the price of dog food? It's way more expensive than normal food. This is Rona Cameron. Rona Cameron has been labelled sensationalist and out of touch. She claims poverty-stricken families are forced to eat dog food. She said in some parts of the country, they're eating dog meat. No, they're not. Don't be so silly. It's way too expensive. It is possible to eat dog food if you so want to, because it is just just meat. Whether or not it comes from horses, I've got no idea. But it is meat, and uh, it's got gravy in there and stuff like that, and marabone jellies. That'll be good for you, wouldn't it? But uh, I, I don't know why she's come up with this idea, because it's cheaper to eat, you know, anything else. You can go to Poundland, not Poundland, well, you can, they, they do food as well. Or you can go to Iceland, and you could buy loads of vegetables for a pound each time. It's far more expensive to eat dog food. I don't know why they sort of think that, you know, eating dog food means you've fallen on hard times. I would say if you can afford to have a dog in this day and age, you must be, must be absolutely sitting in loads and loads of money. Loads of money. Uh, Steve, the blingy cars the Arabs drive annoy me so much. Uh, somebody said they're not even insured to be on the roads over here. Well, that's up to the police to check that. It's, it's got nothing to do with us. I couldn't, I couldn't care less, actually. I just think they're, they're just silly little show-offs. But, of course, having shown off in, in Qatar, then they decide to come and show off in Knightsbridge. And it, it just shows complete lack of taste. A lot of money, no taste. 
Uh, given the Sun newspaper says that Fleur's recent exposures, perhaps they'd proved effective in actually actively investigating the alleged child abuse rings in Parliament and the other official organisations. Well, they'd probably be a lot better at it, wouldn't they? Paul says next week I'll be 62 years young. No, 62 years old. You can't be 62 years young. I look, according to most folk, of about 45. Nobody, absolutely nobody ever guesses my age and looks stunned. I tell myself when looking in the mirror, I find it hard to believe that the geezer I'm looking at is over 60. By the, oh, sorry, it's my phone. <laughs> By the way, he says, I've been an addicted smoker since 13 and still am. Oh, dear. Paul, Paul Cooper says, dog biscuits and a cup of tea myself. He was clearing a shop out yesterday because he's, uh, he's, he's got four weeks to get it done. I think he'll actually do it quicker than four weeks if they all pull their uh, their weight today. So they've stripped out the shop. It's not been done for donkey's years. Uh, they've uncovered a cellar underneath. They uncovered um, um, a flattened rat. It was a rat that obviously lost its life some years ago. A little bit bizarre. And, uh, and they've pulled the walls down. There's tiles behind the walls and all sorts of things. So he'll have a new shop in about four weeks' time. But, uh, but good, good. Certainly very messy yesterday. I don't know what time they all left. But they were still there when I went. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, another one here. Uh, this is from... Oh, it's for me. <laughs> so, this is for... I was like it was going to be for somebody else. Didn't Tom Cruise make a fool of himself by jumping up and down on a sofa during an interview? Saying how much he was loved? I think he did it on um, uh, Oprah Winfrey's show. I'm pretty certain it was on Oprah Winfrey's show. I quite like that. Uh, 84850, uk. Every single thing we read out on the programme. A lot of people talking about uh, Daniela Westbrook and um, £200,000 and all the jokes about her cocaine addiction and everything else, the reason she was dropped and everything. To be honest with you, as I say, you could probably get her for for less than £10,000. Why you'd have to pay somebody two hundred? She hasn't got any other work, has she? Nothing at all. Nothing at all. And uh, and then somebody said, Bobby Christina Brown has died. Um, Whitney Houston's daughter. There was there was no chance that... I mean, I think she was dead six months ago. They, she was on. She was in a coma. There was no chance that they could ever bring her back out. They just literally moved her from one place to another. And, uh, and then she died the other day. Probably the best thing. Probably the best thing. I mean, she didn't have any, any quality of life at all. It's awful, really, isn't it, when you think about it. 22 years old not right do any of these people make it into adulthood child stars you know the 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 daughters and the sons of people who are very rich i don't think very few uh but you could probably do a whole book on celebrities and their children who've fallen off the bandwagon you know literally everybody and it goes back to joan crawford with her children and then they wrote mummy dearest and uh, that was Christina Crawford wrote that about how awful her mother was and beat them with coat hangers. And, you know, people then laughed at Joan Crawford. And then I turned on the television the other day and there was Selena Scott. I'd forgotten about Selena Scott, actually. Um, she was doing an interview with Ginger Rogers and uh, was reminding Ginger Rogers of the last time that she danced over here because she died years ago. I think I think. Um, I think he actually died first and then Ginger Rogers... I think Fred Astaire died first and then Ginger Rogers went a few years later. But uh, she was still legendary. I don't care what anybody says. As far as I'm concerned, Ginger Rogers was a proper star. Not some of this old trailer trash that you get up on the telly now that's been on a reality show. That's not an interest at all. Uh, Next summer, Colleen Rooney will have yet another little one to take on holiday because she's really busy, isn't she? So she's pregnant again. And uh, she was on holiday with her photographer. So they could take a picture of her 
on holiday with her uh, with her children. It's all a bit sad and lonely, isn't it, really? But uh, there again, I'm sure she's a marvellous person. Everybody absolutely loves Colleen Rooney. Can't have a conversation with her. That's why they don't put her up on the television very often. Have you heard her speak? Seriously, honestly, it's, it's, it's absolutely awful. Uh, then we laughed the other day at, at uh, Naturists on a popular beach in uh, Dorset. It's all going on in Dorset, isn't it? We've had the, the police who turn up with a helicopter. What if they've been over Studland Bay? Apparently Studland Bay is a, is a nudist resort. It's lots of, so they tell me, uh, lots of dunes and things like that. And people go there. And yesterday they were getting very panicky on the dunes um, because they were buzzed by a radio-controlled drone that flew up and down the beach. A drone is, you can buy these things, they're, from a, they're actually quite inexpensive. Uh, for a couple of hundred quid, you can get a really quite nice, sophisticated one with cameras, and it transmits the picture back to your iPad or, or whatever it happens to be. And so they use them, all the estate agents use them, all the big estate agents, to get pictures of houses to take them from above. So they can otherwise, have, what do you think, a pair of ladders? Went out there, a helicopter coming in from Dorset Police? No, they send a drone up. They put them in the back of the car, they send it up there, they take a, a few pictures and that's done. And now the uh, nudists are getting a little bit panicky uh, that people are spying on them. These are people who want to take their clothes off in public. They're not doing it in the privacy of their own bathroom, they're doing it in public. The machine went along the whole stretch of Studland so the owner couldn't be identified. And for obvious reasons, the naturists need to know who it was. Why? If you're sitting on a beach, you know... Uh, and you're taking all your clothes off. That's your business, isn't it? If somebody wants to take pictures of you, you shouldn't be there in the first place. The National Trust, which owns the beach, said that any requests for photography had to go through it first, and that no such drone permission was sought or granted. Also, it's OK to be a naturist down there, but you can't take pictures of people with no clothes on. God, what's the world come to? Quarter past five. Look at the team this morning and breakfast from seven. Should there be a terrorist attack, 5,000 troops will take to the streets of the UK. But some people are worried about our civil liberties. Will soldiers stomp all over them and does it matter? And how many jobs can one man have? Boris Johnson has now accepted £500,000 to write a book about Shakespeare. That's Nick Ferrari this morning from seven after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. Vincent Moss, Sunday Mirror's political editor, will be looking at the papers. I mean, what, can Boris Johnson really add anything to Shakespeare? Do we not know everything about Shakespeare? Just about everything. Half a million pounds. It's not going to sell. They offered a load of money, didn't they, to Cherie Blair some years ago to write a book about politicians or something or prime ministers over the years. That one bombed. So why on earth people think that Boris Johnson's book at £500,000 advance, it's a heck of a lot of advance, unless they make it uh, so that it goes into the Sunday Times and they get serialisation rights. But then once you've got serialisation rights, nobody's going to bother buying the book in the first place, are they? That's why my book's still selling. Did I mention my book? I've never mentioned it before. I do have a little book out. Uh, Ribena, axed by Tesco. Uh, over concerns about childhood obesity. Hilarious. So they axe Ribena, yet keep all the sweets in there. And all the other things which are absolutely riddled with sugar. What's the point of that? From September, when children go back to school in the summer, the drinks will be replaced with a no-added-sugar alternative or with Tesco's own label products. Oh, that's what it is then, isn't it? It's Tesco putting their own stuff in there. But it, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So they take away Ribena, which is black currants. We're always told black currants are really good for us, full of sugar and everything else. And, and yet they'll keep Coca-Cola on sale and sweets and cakes and everything else like that. I mean, you know, it's, it's a ridiculous scenario. Um, the other one here, I, I quite like the story of the parking fines paid back because the sign was too small, I think. 320 tickets were issued in nine months as drivers kept getting caught out by a newly designed loading bay but the warning sign was three inches short of the legal height. 
I didn't know there was such a thing as a legal height. Sybil Crouch. Sybil? A councillor in Swansea, who was among those handed a £70 penalty, challenged the legality. She said she parked in an area which is apparently a loading bay, before which I didn't see any of the usual signs. Uh, the council spokesman says, Swansea Council, it was an error and we apologise. All penalty charge notices issued at this location will be cancelled. So that's good, isn't it? Do you remember the story I told you about the 13-year-old girl who's just gone back to school, having given birth to a baby? She was having sex at the age of 11 and 12. Here's another story. On the same vein, a teenager who's been put behind bars after having sex with a 12-year-old girl. The boy who was 16 at the time, but is now 17, pleaded guilty to four counts of rape and was comforted by his father as he was sentenced to 18 months' detention. My God, it's going on all over the place now. Um, The girl was too young. She was legally too young to consent, even though he actually told his parents that she was 14. He had sex with her ten times, but of course uh, she wasn't. He was 15 when they met and told her he loved her. It's not a case where he preyed on her. He added the youth was genuinely remorseful and disgusted with himself. Well, he's got 18 months to think about how disgusted he was. Ridiculous, isn't it? And the 13-year-old girl going back to school and she's had a baby. You know, as I said before, why is the, why is the person who had sex with her not prosecuted? Ridiculous. Uh, Christina Rianoff. Oh, so bored with the utterances of Christina Rianoff. Uh, why am I attacked over Ben? Because she's going out with Ben Cohen. First of all, they weren't going out. Then they were going out. Then they weren't going out. Now they are going out. As I say, uh, she's welcome. She's, she has actually worked her way around Strictly Come Dancing. The only person, I suppose, she never had a go at was poor old Brucey, who turned over some really serious money the other year, didn't he? Anyway, she defended her budding romance, insisting it began after his uh, marriage ended. This is Ben Cohen's. Christine, who also dated Vincent Simone and Joe Calzacchi, says there have been other Strictly couples, and yet she's demonised. Yeah, people don't like you. I don't know why, Christina. Perhaps it's because you're just not pleasant. People don't like you. You can't help that. It's not your fault. Just the way you are, isn't it? She said, I'm hard-working, self-made. I support five people in my family in Russia. doesn't matter, dear. People just don't like you. You know, you, you, you can support sort of 300 children in Ethiopia. They don't like you. OK, you just have to get used to, uh, to that. And the longer you go on about it, the more they dislike you. So, you know, take my advice. My advice is always absolutely free and it's always absolutely accurate. Stay out of the media. Okay, stay out of it. The more you keep talking about it, the more people hate you. Okay, we're not interested in how many people you support. We're all hardworking. I get up at stupid o'clock. I come into work. I don't moan about it. So stop moaning about it. She says, You're always attacked, uh, and I support five people in my family in Russia. Who cares? Nobody gives a flying stuff, dear, about it. Just shut up. She says, All these other people have had relationships, but I'm the horrible one. Yep, you are. They don't like you. You are not popular. OK, take it on the chin. Take it as uh, as sort of, you know, written that nobody likes you. OK. And of course, if you stop talking about it, the better it would be, because every time you have a relationship, you drone on about it to the point of boredom. I couldn't care less who you're having a relationship with. Nobody cares. So why don't you just zip it? OK, that would be the advice. You know, if you choose not to take it. Better take the rest of it. Uh, the last of the Britanni Brigade bad boys who joined IS. This is... Um, as said, Usman, he's died. He's been killed. He was one of five men who styled themselves the Britanni Brigade Bangladeshi bad boys. They headed to Syria to fight as jihadis, and they've all been killed now, every, well, except one of them who's in prison. And um, his death has been reported uh, by the International Centre for the Study of Radicalisation at King's College in London, which monitors the social media of alleged jihadis. Good God in heaven. Uh, the sixth man... Uh, 
I think is uh, the sixth man who was uh, Ifakar Jarman, who was one of the first Britons to join ICE, died in December. Usman, who was uh, Jarman's cousin, thought to be in the 50th Britain, killed whilst fighting in Syria. Well, there you go. Only person sorry about it, as you imagine, would be his parents. Nobody else will shed one single tear. Uh, what's this? Drugs. Drugs. We're obsessed with drugs in the newspapers today. Absolutely obsessed with them. This time, inside a box of bananas at Tesco's in Wokingham. This young employee was unpacking the fruit when he discovered five bags, each, each weighing a kilo and containing a white powder that's believed to be cocaine. Police were called to the superstore. Experts said that if the drug was proven to be cocaine, each pack could be worth about £250,000. Interesting, the box of bananas reportedly had red tape around it, possibly put there by smugglers to distinguish it from the other ones, and somebody should have collected it. But they didn't. Uh, no arrests have been made, but they've got a million pounds worth of cocaine in, in Wokingham. Unbelievable, isn't it, really, when you think about it? The things that people do, I was always amazed. I watched this Australian Border Patrol programme where people send stuff over there and everything gets x-rayed and people try and sort of smuggle things in. And 99.9% of them they actually catch because they, they look at it. They have drugs dogs who can sniff out, I mean, just about anything from money to fruit to cocaine, to marijuana, because it's all got a scent. Money's got a smell, and they train dogs to find this stuff. And, um, and they put them through the x-ray machines, and then they start dissecting boxes. And this one was built into the box. So somebody goes to an awful lot of time and trouble to try and conceal cocaine. There were two women who were going through, British women, who claimed lying through their, their teeth. And, of course, they're very strict in Australia. They don't hang around in Australia at all. Over here, you probably get a council house on a holiday in the Bahamas if you're caught with any drugs or trying to smuggle things in. But these two British women who sat there stoically saying, oh, no, we, we don't know each other, and yet they had proof that they did know each other, and they found cocaine in their bags. And it was, it was in the lining of the case. The case had been dismantled. Then they put the stuff in, then covered it with tin foil, hoping to reflect the x-rays. But of course it doesn't. It doesn't. It's, this is some dumb thing that drug smugglers think they can get things through with. And so they got caught. And, um, and what they do over there is they literally, you're, you're arrested. Then they put them into court. Seven and a half years each. But their families will be worrying where they are. If they've seen the programme, they'll now know they're in prison for drug smuggling. <laughs> Hilarious, isn't it? Absolutely hilarious that they go there. Oh, no, do you know each other? No, we don't know each other. All right. Going to prison for seven and a half years. I think one got seven and a half years and one got eight years. So uh, not coming out any time soon. They treat it very seriously. They treat it very seriously. I quite like to uh, treat Zoe Coates very seriously. Uh, Zoe Coates is an ugly. When I say ugly, by God, she's ugly. Inside and out, this woman is gross. Uh, she was paid. You can, I mean, you, you see what's coming, don't you? She was paid to help six people with learning difficulties handle their money. And they had serious learning difficulties. So she took them to cash points to take their money out and transferred it out of their accounts. She stole 56,000 from one couple. 56,000 pounds. A young mum who just had her baby adopted lost 21,000. And uh, anyway, they've sentenced her to 30 months in prison. Perhaps she better lose the weight, dye hair a different colour. Ghastly old baggage, honestly. People like that who fle are bad enough if they fleece elderly people. If they fleece people with learning difficulties, I'm afraid uh, the, the awful side of Steve Allen comes out where you just seriously want to... I can't think of anything that will, you know... I don't know, what, what would you suggest for somebody like that? I don't want to put them in prison. I think it's a waste of our money. I don't want to go around to a house and strip it of everything. Your television's out, your three-piece suite's gone, your car's gone, everything. Every single thing out there. You can start with nothing again. 
Oh, and by the way, we're taking away your benefits. Uh, coming up to 5.30. Eve Allen on LBC. 26 minutes to 6, Monday morning. I know you don't want to go to work, but actually the good news is, because all the little kiddiewinks are on holiday, the trains and the buses are a lot emptier than they would be of usual. So, in fact, nine out of ten times going home, I find myself sitting the only one in the carriage. It's either me or just a personal problem, which we can't talk about. But, I mean, I absolutely love it. The moment the kids are back at school, it's a nightmare. Can't move on the trains for them and their blasted bags and everything else. Get off! Get off! And they're all so loud. So, shh! Much quieter. Uh, David in Crowd Chen says, yes, uh, Fred died in 1987. Uh, and Ginger, he was 88, incidentally. Ginger died in 1995. She was 84. Uh, both were accomplished actors. Ginger winning an Oscar for her performance in the title role of the film Kitty Foyle. They split up as a dancing partnership the previous year after appearing in the story of Irene and Vernon Castle, but were reunited for the Barclays of Broadway in 1948, which was their only film together in colour, of which Ginger's role was originally intended for Judy Garland. She was lovely. I, I had uh, dinner with Judy Garland. Makes me sound really flash, doesn't it? I mean, admittedly, there were about a thousand other people in the room, but Judy Garland was uh, was there. Uh, so Judy Garland was there. I wish she had been. I'd love to have met Judy Garland. No, um, she was, uh, Ginger Rogers was there. It was fantastic. really was very, very good. Uh, another lovely day, says Neil. It always feels like the heating should be going on. Summer, where's it gone? Our painter was supposed to be painting the outside today. Typical, it's absolutely tipping down. Uh, the quails had the chicks yesterday. Nine out of twelve hatched. They're very tiny, but beautiful, and we'd like some warm weather. Yeah, my friend Chris is having the um, the outside uh, of the house done, and it's um, he's having all the window frames sorted out. But of course, because it bucketed down yesterday, the, the, the bloke who's doing it has had to leave it for a, for a moment. Nice picture, Neil. Nice picture. I could see you in a Tommy Bahama shirt, you know. I think you really need to start Start following the Steve Allen fashion guideline. Mind you, I had an email from uh, some people over in America, which was quite nice, telling me about their uh, their hanging baskets over there, which they've uh, they've sort of named after me, which I which I quite like. I don't mind people sort of you know looking at my uh, memorial hanging baskets. Susan uh, from SF says, if you want me to send the photos somewhere else as an attachment, I'm happy to do so. So they've got uh, hanging baskets on their back deck, named in my honour. The Steve Allen Memorial Hanging Basket, Silicon Valley, California. How lovely. Mind you, over there, it must be a nightmare to try and keep things going because of the heat. must be very, very difficult. Bad enough over here. Although, strangely enough, because it absolutely tipped it down, I was still out there watering yesterday. Because you have to. You can't not water. Bar- People think, oh, don't worry, when it rains, it waters the baskets. If only it did. Jason, my sovereign driver in Stratford, said, so if they eat dog food, they'll end up barking mad and feeling very rough. Apparently it is, actually. It is actually possible to eat dog food. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fancy it myself. Somebody said you could eat dog biscuits. Paul, Paul Cooper was probably eating dog biscuits in his time. And uh, Steve says, I really enjoy those true ghost programmes. There are any true ghost programmes, are there? He said, some are terrifying. You should watch them. No, it's for simpletons like you, Steve. It's not for people like me. I'm an adult, I'm afraid. No such thing, OK? You could sit there till the cows come home and tell you, ooh, it's very scary, but I'm not buying into it, OK? They don't exist. They do not exist. Okay. It's just something for people like you. It keeps you happy. And uh, the best thing, what's the big deal about dog food? The pie industry has been getting away with it for years, says Lee. Yes, I mean, I, d- I don't know whether or not Malcolm says, when they say dog food, do they mean they're eating food for dogs or the animal itself? I don't know. 
Korea, they eat, uh, they eat dog, don't they? The Chinese, they have that dog festival, which uh, was slowly getting closed. I can't bear the idea that people eat dog, but the Chinese, they say anything with legs they don't eat is the table, of course. Lovely picture of poor old has-been, Chloe Sims. Good God, love, you're looking way too old to be dressing like a teenager. You're, you're over 30. You need to sort of grow up. Stop wearing so much makeup. It's making you look really old and haggard. She was in Chingford, and uh, the highlight of her day, wearing a sort of the world's lowest cut military outfit. You look ghastly, really. It's just making you look so cheap. If that's the look that you want, well, well done you. You've achieved it. The rest of them went out. Lydia Dim, Georgia Kusulu, Chloe Lewis and Danny Park Dempsey, whoever they are. No idea. We've heard of Lydia Dim. That's the one who's got no sense of fashion whatsoever. And they were out in a, a champagne spraying pool party. I mean, dear God, if anybody ever turns up for any of Towie's things and you're, you're in the wrong club... You're in the wrong restaurant if any of them turn up, as you well know. And uh, that's like going anywhere, sort of... Um, who was that other woman we had? Not... Uh, I can't remember her name. Luckily, she's gone. But uh, over in uh, Northern Ireland the other day at a nightclub, poor old Katie Price and somebody else's hair stuck to her head. I don't know what that is. But uh, she was out there. Uh, she was meeting fans. And uh, also, they say, signing some of her greatest literary works which, of course, she never wrote a word off. That's what's so funny about it. Looking really ancient now, but, I mean, she is 37. She's, you know, between now and the time she gets to 50, it's going to rocket through. She looks bad at 37. And that's supposed to be somebody who's supposed to be in the glamour industry, but uh, really awful. Um, there's a lovely picture in the paper today, and it's a star trail. I didn't know what a star trail was. And this is somebody taking a picture of the night sky above a campfire at a lake in California. This guy, Dan Barr, used a long exposure time to record the cosmic scene in the Hoover wilderness. Some beautiful places, there really are. And the trail seems to show the movement of stars. But in fact, it's created by the rotation of the Earth on its axis. And it's been shortlisted, this picture. Do you know, there's some beautiful places. There really are. I told you, when we went to Finland, we were inside the Arctic Circle. It's the most stunningly beautiful place. After Mr Shah and his lovely wife went on that rocky uh, tra- the the, uh, the train through the Canadian Rockies where they sat in that observation thing and they did whale watching and everything else. That, I thought, sounded like the ultimate, the ultimate holiday. And he said he's had no end of people going into the chemist goods to talk about it because, I, because they had such an... I said I was expecting something on YouTube, the Shah family on holiday, because it sounds like the ultimate... The ultimate thing, you know, you, you do get a holiday. I know sometimes we can go away to places in this country which are beautiful. But then sometimes you go and do something which is truly spectacular. And I thought, inside the Arctic Circle, when we did the Father Christmas thing years and years ago, I thought that was, that was quite something beautiful. It really was. It, was. it was a scene out of, I don't know, every sort of scene of everything you ever thought of as a child. It was just acres and acres of forests all covered in snow. And we were on a cliff overlooking it, above an emerald mine, I think. An emerald mine, I ask you. I've never even seen an emerald mine. And, uh, and we met the real Father Christmas. I'm saying that because young people are on holiday and we don't want to get into trouble about things like that. But it was, it was beautiful, absolutely stunningly beautiful. There's few places. But I look at this picture here and I think, my God, that's amazing, isn't it? Mountains. You know, you go to, to Death Valley uh, and you go to all these wonderful places. You go, you know, we know nothing, do we? We know nothing about the Earth at all. So that's why every time a volcano blows up, I'm always fascinated fascinated by it. And I still think that there might be something at the end of it if you could walk down one of those one of those vents. Um, there is a, a story in the paper today about nude swimmers. Second time we've actually mentioned nude people on the programme. I'm sorry about that. But they joined demonstrators protesting at the Saudi royal family getting exclusive use of a beach. More than 100,000 people have signed a petition furious that uh, King Salman and his party of a 1,000 
have taken over public sands on the French Riviera. One resident who lives next to uh, Mirandole Beach in Valerius says, the fact they're allowed to pay to shut it off is an outrage. It's a public property. King Salman, 79, arrived on Saturday in a motorcade of armoured limousines. Not that anybody knows who he is. Protesters who tried to get near his £5 million holiday villa were warned they would be arrested. An official said closing the beach was consistent with a visit by a head of state. He's 79! Unless he's doing nude swimming, let's not bother with him. And a £5 million holiday home. So one of the cheaper end of the market. Good God, this villa's costing over £100 million over there. I did like the idea that the estate agents have been warned in London about people uh, bringing money over from other countries and putting it into property, thus artificially pushing the prices up. And it's some of our leading estate agents who are as bent as they come. They were exposed on a programme on the television. I was quite horrified. But then I thought... It's a house. Who actually knows who buys them? I don't know who owns, you know, this house or that house. And then they go, what did they have a house a short while ago? What do we say? £300 million for a house. I mean, if you're money laundering, it's obviously the best way to do it. But, uh, but to be brutally honest with you, I don't think any house is worth £300 million. Not even, not even Buckingham Palace. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Try and weave in a few more of them. And... Um, Ribena uh, did an advertising campaign a few years ago. It had no vitamin C in it. But Ribena does have vitamin C in it. It's, it's automatically in the fruit. I used to love Ribena. Or oh, a glass of Ribena. <laughs> Makes me feel, feel a bit wicked, actually, this morning. I'm not supposed to. I'm not supposed to feel wicked about stuff like that. And so there they were. They were about to play football at Oldham Athletic. I know. Down south, we laugh at things like this. And it was in Greater Manchester, ahead of a clash with Blackburn Rovers. And um, all of a sudden, somebody went, we can't play. Why? The Queen Bee had landed on the goalpost. And where the Queen Bee goes, thousands of her followers go. And I think there was something like, well, about 20,000 of them. So what they do, they spray them with a sugar syrup. I've never heard of that before. I thought they, they just picked off the Queen Bee, put her in the box and all the rest followed. No, they spray them with sugar syrup. And then they scoop them into the box so that the friendly could go ahead. I've seen pictures of that. I went on to uh, the internet years and years ago and it was some bloke who was standing at a bus stop and the queen bee landed on him and he didn't notice. The next thing, he's got 30,000 bees covering his entire body. He was quite safe. He only got stung a couple of times because, you know, you'd just be frightened to move. I'd be terrified. The very thought, his entire head was covered in bees. That would really absolutely put me off. I don't like that at all. Very worrying. Uh, I'll warn you in a moment about... uh, the scam involving your pension pots. Lots of people have been getting phone calls from, uh, let's just call them crooks, shall we? And so I'm going to warn you against them. And the dreadful story of a mum who has a heart attack in a hospital and she had to wait 50 minutes from an ambulance. We thought, actually, a wheelchair. If she's actually in the hospital, why would she want an ambulance? I don't know. But uh, the paramedics were on a meal break. More on that story coming up very shortly. It's quarter to six. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to six. So here is the scam alert. And I passed it on to you because a lot of the papers were dealing with it yesterday and I didn't get round to doing it. And this is pension holders. That's you who are being warned of fraudsters who can trick them out of their life savings in a moment. Figures suggest nearly a billion pounds has been lost through fake offers of early access to pension pots or get rich quick schemes. Crooks are feared to be preying on the over 55s. 
who from April were given more flexible access to their savings. Pensions Minister Baroness Altman said criminals often lay a sophisticated trap with glossy brochures and websites that made them look highly credible. One victim handed over £90,000. Leslie Titcombe of the Pensions Regulator warned, check before you make an irreversible decision. A lifetime savings could be lost in a moment. And if you get anybody phoning you, you put the phone down. OK? I don't know why people answer phones now. I was at the office, actually, the other day, and somebody's phone rang, and they went, I wonder who that is. Hello? You think, why are you answering it? You don't know who it is. Never, you know, because then once they've got your number, they know they just keep ringing. But if it goes to an answer phone... And I think anybody who's got elderly parents should be advised, get an answer phone. And if you don't know the person when they start talking, if it's one of those crooked companies or somebody trying to fleece you, they won't leave a message. They will only talk to somebody if you pick the receiver up. So what you should do is pick the receiver up. Don't say anything. If you don't have an answer phone, don't say anything. Just listen. And you'll hear somebody going, hello? Hello? Don't say a word. And then just click put the phone down again, okay? Because so many people have been fooled. We told you about the scam. It's the simplest scam, and it's still operating and still people are losing. Where they phone somebody up who is uh, elderly, uh, generally they've they found you on a website. It's not difficult to get a whole list of numbers of people over the age of 60 or 70, and, uh, and they phone up, and they go, oh, we think there's been some fraudulent activity um, on your bank account. We're just phoning to make sure. Listen, um, I realise that probably you think this is a really, uh, you know, dangerous call to make. So call the bank now and confirm. And so the old people go, yes, yes, or right, I'll do that. They put the phone down. The person on the other end doesn't put the phone down. They're still connected. So the old person picks the phone up, dials the number, and then goes. And then the person on the other end, who's still connected, goes, hello, bank. And the person goes, oh, I've just had a call from somebody about my account. And the other person goes, yes, let me just check that. What was your name again? Mrs. Mrs. Widdicombe. OK, Mrs. Widdicombe. Uh, let me just hold on. I'll be back with you one minute. Yes, I can confirm somebody from the fraud department did call you just a few minutes ago, was it? Yes, goes Mrs. Widdicombe, who's none the wiser. She's talking to the same person. And the next thing is they go, right, well, let's just we need to stop this. Give me your sort code. So, you know, if they're in the bank, they should know this. They can see it. It comes up on their screen. But they still ask, and the old people hand over all the details. What was the password on that one? OK, we need to change that. OK, you've just handed over all the details. The bank will never, ever, ever, ever phone you about fraud. Ever. Unless it's from something like Visa, because I've had them phone before, and I've got their number, so I always check them out straight away. And they'll go, there's been some activity on your account. Did you, on the 13th of this month, order some magazines or something. I don't know why I thought magazines. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else. And uh, you go, no, OK, we'll mark that one off. And they go, looks like somebody's tried to, to access the account. One of them was women's clothes. Seriously, I got phoned out by um, MasterCard about three years ago. And they said, we think there's been some fraudulent activity on your card. I still never give any details out. I said, oh, yes, right. And uh, he said, this is the card ending with. And he gave me the last four numbers. I said, OK, right. And he said, it looks like somebody's tried to put through £700 worth of women's clothes. I said, well, what sort of women's clothes are they? Thinking, you know, maybe I could be on a good deal here. You know, it might be some off-the-shoulder numbers or something, and perhaps in a sort of blouse or something like that. And he said, no, they're sort of... And well, he described them to me, they sounded horrid. I said, well, I certainly wouldn't be buying anything like that at all. And so they then, he said, well, don't worry, because it didn't go through. He said, we didn't put it through because we didn't think that you'd be buying women's clothing. I said, well, how little you know me. <laughs> Trying to make myself sound as interesting as possible. Anyway, so here's this poor lady. Here she is. 
this is uh, Julie Adams, a social services manager, 55. She got chest pains in an office 500 metres from the ambulance depot. OK. So it took paramedics 50 minutes to respond. Incredibly, three ambulances that could have helped were unavailable as they were on compulsory breaks. Uh, yesterday, Mrs Adams' furious son says it's outrageous. Paramedics are entitled to a break, but like police and firemen, they should drop everything when lives are at risk. Yes, but Mr Adams, that, otherwise they'd be doing that all the time. There's always an emergency. They've got to have some sort of break. You wouldn't want them to administer the wrong things. He said it would have been quicker to push her to A&E in a wheelchair. Well, why didn't you? There's no good saying that afterwards. Goodness sake. But um, he says everybody was scared they were not allowed to. So he's contacted Jeremy Hunt to call for more funds for ambulance services so they can respond to all calls within eight minutes. He says, luckily, Mum survived. But better response time could mean the difference between life and death. I mean, I agree, actually. The spokesman says it's unacceptable Mrs Adams waited for so long. But she was in the care of hospital staff. We apologise for the delay. Yes, I mean, you know... (laughs) It has happened. But when you consider how many people fall foul of it, it's very few. Very, very few people. Very few indeed. But, I mean, still bad. I I agree with you. Uh, Steve, poor Lord Sewell. And uh, crying that he can't afford, you know, the luncheon and rent and all the rest of it. But he can afford cocaine. That's That's what sort of worries me. This story, which was originated by The Sun on Sunday yesterday... And Stig sent me a thing from his holiday paradise home. He's in Sicily at the moment, bless his heart, sunning himself on a beach. And um, he said, what do you think of the splash? So I wrote back and said, well, it's, it's created merry hell here. And in fact, it's in every single newspaper this morning. Uh, luckily, he did the, uh, the right thing yesterday and uh, he fell on his own sword and decided to quit. I mean, to be honest with you, he's the standards chief. If you, can't, if you can't take any notice of the standards, Chief, who in earth can you trust nowadays in House of Law? We're supposed to be trusting these people. He's got a, a Dolphin Square apartment. His, uh, his wife, Lady Jennifer, doesn't quite sound the same, does it, Lady Jennifer? Lady Sybil sounded a lot better, but La- Lady Jennifer. Uh, her, her picture, which she had in the flat, was turned face down. So in other words, he didn't even want to acknowledge the fact that he had a wife. This is wife number three. He has two grown-up children and a literally... I think he must have heard this on LBC or somebody must have phoned him from the sun to say, you're on the front page, you're on the front page, you're inside the paper as well. And then today's inside the paper with yet more lurid pictures. And uh, he told the two prostitutes, uh, I just want to be led astray. It's funny that, isn't it? I want to be led astray, but by McDonald's. You know, I can't think of anything worse than wasting money. And so within hours of it appearing, he handed in his uh, resignation. Uh, Writing on a news website, he said, this was earlier this month, he appeared to forecast his demise. He said, the actions of a few damage our reputation. Well, I mean, I have to be honest. I mean, in a frenzy of excitement, this uh, Lord Sewell, who earns £84,525 a year, uh, stripped naked for the sex session. He's alleged to have, well, he doesn't allege because there's a picture of him wearing an orange bra. I mean, I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, an orange bra? Is that what hookers are wearing nowadays? Orange bras? And the two women arrived at the flat... He slapped one on the on the bottom and said, happy days are here again. I mean, 200 pounds, is that for both of them? It's a bit cheap, isn't it? Very cheap. But anyway, uh, it's, um, 
it, it comes in a can, it's Pepsi. No, it's not. He says, it's Coca-Cola. Forget the cola. And then he has this rolled-up £5 note. And I think it was Ian Dale who said, a £5 note? How cheap. You know, it's supposed to be a £50 note, I believe. And a uh, bit of a shame, but that brought him down straight away. Literally within, you know, there wasn't even any fighting it. No fighting it whatsoever. It's a case of being caught bang to rights. They've got the uh, film. They've got just about everything going. And also the Labour MP accused of sex crimes against boys, insisted yesterday, I am not a paedophile. Uh, the politician reported to police over a series of allegations, claims to have been the victim of a smear campaign and has vowed revenge. God, it's, it's, it's like a novel, isn't it? The things that are going on in Parliament at the moment. Mind you, in the outside world, it's all disappeared down at the WOMAD Festival in Malmesbury in Wiltshire. The rain fell on much of the UK. Isn't it funny? For Glastonbury, we get dry weather. And now, all of a sudden, we've got deluge. Friday just rained and rained and rained and rained. And then yesterday was... Yesterday was okay. Windy. Very windy. And just started raining on the way back. We did the walk at Regent's Park. And just literally five minutes near the end of the walk... Uh, it opened a little bit, but yesterday down at Malmesbury, phew, blimey, the rain, rain went down there, everybody got soaking wet, but they say 90 degrees of Fahrenheit and heat is on the way. So we're, we're, we're just getting all these, we're getting all this sort of this odd weather. Where it's coming from, I've got no idea. Dorset, I should imagine, seems to be everything else coming from Dorset. So just to reiterate, four and a half million people with defined contribution schemes Uh, and access to their pot from the age of 55. Fraudsters will often contact you, offering early access to your pension cash or promises of a get-rich-quick scheme. Nobody, no bona fide company, will cold-call you over pensions. It's illegal to cold-call. You can report them. And so most of them will be coming from outside of the the country. Being clever makes you live longer. So uh, I'll say goodbye now, actually. There's no point in hanging around, is there, if you're not a particularly clever person. Intelligent people live longer, so Stephen Fry is going to be around for years and years to come. Uh, in a study of twins, 95% of the link between intelligence and lifespan was genetic. Well, that doesn't apply to Jedwood if they're listening at the moment, OK? There are twins and then there are Dumbos and they fall into the latter category. This knotweed's everywhere, isn't it? Don't you love the knotweed? I love knotweed. But it's taken over in Cornwall. And uh, it's the Japanese, as well as ruining gardens. The plant which grows seven feet tall can damage brick walls and the foundations of buildings. So be very careful because you can get all sorts of rashes from it and all sorts of dreadful things. I don't like I don't like it at all. Oh, and the Yanks have stirred up the British by saying that their tea is best. Are you serious? An American making a cup of tea? I don't think so. I've been on holiday to Spain. They can't make tea either. Isn't it funny? You would think the action of putting a tea bag in a, in a cup of hot water would make a cup of tea. No, the Americans can't make tea for toffee. Only the British can make tea because, you know, we're just better at doing it. I think our milk tastes better. Everything's good. Everything's good. But, you know, the Americans make better tea. Fighting talk. Fighting talk. Uh, coming up on the uh, programme, the news at six o'clock this morning. Uh, the latest celebrity to sign up for Celebrity Big Brother, although the others aren't really celebrities, is uh, Sherry Houston, the Oxford Street rickshaw cyclist. He's, he's apparently an opera singer in Russia. He's over there, not paying a penny piece in tax. Do you think you could do the same in Russia, going over there and see if you could make some money? I think he'd be shot dead, I should imagine. £260 he charged for one mile. These people are crooks. Crooks. The left-wing comic, it's Rona Cameron, says poor people are eating dog food. And um, why am I being attacked over Ben Cohen? Loads of Strictly Couples goes the deeply unpopular uh, Rianne. News 
This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Monday, the 27th of July. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Lord Coke busted. The sun did him yesterday. They can't stop rerunning the uh, the footage on the television. And he's in the, every single newspaper today. Kick him out. The man's a fool at best. They've now called the police in. I don't really think calling the police in is going to do any good at all. Chris Froome, the first Brit to win the Tour de France twice. Very happy. Britain's youngest mum. Very happy. 13, ladies and gentlemen, back at school within six weeks of having a baby. Wanted to interfere with her uh, education. Sherry Hewson, the first uh, or the latest celebrity to be signed up again. She must need the money. And the rickshaw cyclist charging 260 quid for one mile. What a rip-off. I don't know, the sooner Boris gets rid of these pedicabs, the happier everybody will be. It can't be long before there's uh, going to be a major accident round the corner with somebody dying. It's ridiculous. See people in there, they're vastly overloaded. It really is. They're the bane of life in London, and you've probably got them in cities where you are as well. Uh, the ghastly cars brought over from Qatar, uh, where the, the flash rich people drive them up and down. They're generally people with hardly any brain sense. You just see them. They're, they're so sad, they just cruise up and down. They can't do anything. I don't know why they're here, actually. I suppose just to show off. Boris returning fire after the water cannon war with Theresa May and um, and the the ripping off of people with their pensions. My mum was defrauded, says Tony, out of three grand by a fake bank call, as you just described. Although wary, she was convinced because the scammer faked the bank's real number and her caller display. So beware the latest trick. Well, just be... Listen, the bank will never, ever call you. That's the hard and fast rule. They will never, ever, ever call you. They won't. You know, and they're certainly not going to be asking for passwords and stuff like that. So now you know. Now you know. Um, Why is it, Steve, says Jan from South Norwood, that pronunciation of some words or names seems to change? When I was a child travelling on the tube with my parents or playing Monopoly, I always knew that Marilabone was pronounced Mary Labone. And now the tube announcements, it's Marlabone. I even heard a couple opposite me on the train on Saturday discussing it too. When I was a child, I knew of a planet called Uranus. (laughs) <laughs> well, it used to be called Uranus, you're right, and then it became Uranus. But that was Nestles, wasn't it? Nestles became Nestle for some reason. There are loads of them, loads of them. But, I mean, I, I agree with you. Marlebone or Marilabone. Mar- I can't get it right myself now. Mar- what do I say? Marilabone. Yeah, I say Marilabone. But, uh, but you're quite right, actually, about the planet Uranus. It magically changed from being uh, the planet Uranus, and then people started making jokes about it, and then it became Uranus. And the Nestle one, Nestle, and it became Nestle's Milky Bar, and then it went Nestle Milky Bar, and I thought, well, since when has it become that? I hate it. And also, I hate this upcoming word. As something which is forthcoming, they go, it's upcoming. It's all these Americanisms creeping in. These are the people who tell us they make a better cup of tea. Fighting talk, as I say. See you on the beaches, armed with cannons and tea bags and stuff like that. So I agree with you. I'm sure that people will come up with loads of other mispronunciations. And it's mispronunciation as opposed to mispronunciation. I got told off uh, for that one for years and years ago. So I learned very quickly. Uh, Steve, 84850, uh, steve.lbc.co.uk. Young Noreen says, people behaving badly arriving in Australia. When we uh, went, we were told not to take any food. On arrival, there were several dogs with their handlers. One dog made a beeline for a case. Sure enough, banana inside. One banana, clever dog. Passenger, very embarrassed. Have you mentioned David Essex's birthday? 
He's 68 today. Is he really? Is he really? Happy birthday, David. Pouring in Hertfordshire, she says. <laughs> yes, pouring. I've got uh, Arlene Phillips to record today for In Conversation. So very much lucky. She tweets more than I do. She's, she's really good on, on her tweeting, so I'm going to talk to her about that and loads of other things as well. But, uh, but the weather today, it's going to be a bit psh, like that. I think that's the way it's going to be. But you're right about the dogs. When we went to America, they have a dog there that sniffs out uh, fruit. You're not, because, so they give you fruit on the flight, and most people, most people think, I'll have that because I can eat that later. It's an apple. Well, of course, you can't take fruit into, into America. You can't take it into Florida. So they have a dog sitting there. So anybody who's got it... And say, same in Australia. They won't let you take any fruit in. And, it's, and they hand you a card going, have you read this? And you go, yes. Have you got any fruit with you? No. And they open it up. It's all the Chinese. They've got every herb under the sun. And, and they, they're very patient. They go, this is food. Yes. Well, what, you said you didn't bring any food in. Oh, it's for medicine. It's food! <laughs> the impudence of some of these people. But don't ever try and take an apple or a banana and You'll be there for days. It's really dreadful. Really dreadful. Uh, other stories in the uh, the papers for today uh, of the retirees. This is people over the age of uh, 60 who are starting to get their first tattoos, Noreen. Half are active on Facebook and almost a quarter go to music gigs. <laughs> Noreen. <laughs> and apparently some one in ten have been on blind dates. No, I'm not going to say Noreen for that one. Uh, the findings are in a study by Remember, a charity which urges people to leave bequests in their wills. And apparently pensioners are really living the dream. So they should. So they should. Good heavens above. Why not? Why not live the dream? You know, drag every minute out if you can. Here's the uh, the couple. And it's, it's, it's... Uh, I don't know what you can say about them. This is Sean and Anne-Marie Dads. Anne-Marie dads, honestly. They, they, they seem to think that double-barrelled means you're posh. Not in this case. Anyway, uh, Anne-Marie and Sean went on the Jeremy Kyle show to fix their marriage, only for him to be exposed as a love rat. Despite being heartbroken, Anne-Marie forgave him and they patched things up. She was forced to come clean when she thought she might be pregnant because Sean's had a vasectomy. Although Anne-Marie, 43, and she looks about 80, says the fling wasn't an act of revenge. She says... It sounds bad, but I think I was justified. I'm the bigger person because I told him. <laughs> They've been together for 13 years. They met in an online chat room, so it kind of goes with the, the territory. They got married, moved to uh, from Essex to Quedgley, Gloucestershire. Uh, he did. And so uh, their daughter is called Kiana. Mm, lovely. And uh, so they went on the Jeremy Kyle show. Jeremy Kyle exposed my Milkman hubby as a love rat. It's always Milkman. Always Milkman. Isn't it, Kevin? Always Milkman. You always get the rough end. And she says, so our marriage soured, I went to, uh, and cheated on him too. And they tell the papers. I mean, wh why, why don't you just keep quiet about these things? <laughs> and there's a woman here. She's a fancy dress lover. Her name is Lisa Lockwood. And uh, she's gone from Cinderella to Slimderella. And you will be doing that. I know that it's holiday time at the moment. And I know that lots of you will be getting ready to go on holiday. Or you're probably on holiday already with the kids. And you're going, this is fantastic. We love being on holiday. And uh, so glad we're away from that dreadful weather in... In the United Kingdom. But don't worry, we get the heat wave soon. Uh, I'm going to the theatre, says Oliver. What would you recommend? Oh, a show. I think a show. I recommend them all, actually. I think, given, I mean, given the choice. Uh, I haven't seen Memphis. I think, has James O'Brien seen Memphis? I think James O'Brien might have seen Memphis. Uh, Warhorse, Billy Elliot, Phantom. They're all good. They're all good. All good in their own way. Which one would you get most out of? I don't know. It depends how old you are. 
If you're only 12, then you're probably going to get more out of Billy Elliot, uh, even though it's got rude words in it. Lots of rude words. Uh, Try some of the Norfolk towns, says Jan. Happisburg is pronounced Haysborough. Happisburg is pronounced Haysborough, right. Uh, Costessi is pronounced Cosi. Few others, she said, but I'm trying to get ready for work. I know it's very, it's embarrassing, isn't it? Really, where people on the radio say you couldn't send me in this this mispronunciation or things which you're supposed to pronounce. A small wonder people struggle with the English language. Even people here, you've only got to watch the cast of uh, of Essex to realise that they can't even speak the the, the Queen's English. Poor soul. And uh, and Steve says, can you not do any cliffhangers today? I can't keep googling stories. You run out of time to put through. I know. I have a feeling I'm going to probably miss out a few today. I was going to do more on Britain's youngest mum. I want to know why the father has not been prosecuted. You know that they, they seem to. Oh, isn't it good she's gone back to school? Really? No, no, not as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the um, the other story, uh, which I quite liked. Uh, I did like the million pounds worth of cocaine, so we, we covered that found in the Tesco Bananas. What a very honest young man he must be. I've just found four, three, 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 two, two packets I've just found in here. You imagine? Yeah, and the sandwich filling. It's all going on at Tesco. Tesco had the sandwich filling storage. Remember where some bloke opened it and found a blue plaster in there? And so he wanted Tesco to clear the shelves of all of this stuff. And I thought, well, first of all, they have to check whether or not it was in there originally or whether it was put in there. Some people, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, in this country actually try and cheat the big companies by thinking that if they put something in somewhere, and this one is, is no, they haven't tested this or done anything yet, but if, if they put something in there, the company and the chemists will not know whether it's been in there. For, they will know if it's been through the process. They know, you know, at what point could this have fallen in. You know, a blue plaster generally indicates something in the workplace, doesn't it? If you're working with food, the blue plaster is the hygiene one. So it, it could, have, could it have fallen off? Could it have fallen off? Is it remotely possible? Tesco will know when they've actually checked it. And then they'll be able to say, well, listen, this did not come from the factory like this because it's not physically possible. It's all, you know, it's all in the machine. There's no way that this, this could have got in here. It's just they, they, they have to check these things. But until it's checked, we have no idea. And uh, and more on uh, Christina Rianoff, who's got why I always pick on why why people not like me because I just don't like you, dear. Okay, get over yourself. I think you know because every single relationship you ever had, you go droning onto OK Magazine, and frankly, we've had enough of you. You're boring. Quarter past six. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Six twenty-one. Very nearly. Oh, the other one that everybody gets wrong is the champagne. You hear people going Moet and Chandon. It's Moet, Moet and Chandon. Okay, it's a hard T, as opposed to people going. Oh, I'm going to have some Moet. Really? What's that? Is that Moet? No, it's Moet and Chandon. It's like what was the other one that people came up? I can't remember actually. There was another one that came up a short while ago. Oh, it's uh, somebody came out with a, with a fairly good one actually the other day. Uh, uh, Ivan. Pronounced Yvonne. Yvonne. Yvonne to be alone. Uh, and uh, Janet says... Oh, and well, we've done that one, haven't we? I'm just, sorry, Janet. We <laughs> came back to you again for, uh, for a similar one, actually. Uh, I, I want more of these, uh, these pronunciation things, which I think is quite good. Uh, Chichel Road in Cricklewood is a funny name. I was hearing the traffic news said three different ways. Well, actually, I hear that constantly on, on travel news reports. It depends. I mean, if, it, if it's a road that not everybody's particularly familiar with, it's quite easy to make a mistake, isn't it? Uh, Steve, uh, Bodicea's pronunciation. Now, is it Bodicea or is it Boudica? Is it Boudica or Bodicea? I think it can be both. Is it uh, Bagel or Beigel? You see? All changes. 
Everybody's got their own pronunciation. I w- so, Nike or Nike? There you go. Nike or Nike? I quite like the Boudicca one, though. I think Boudicca. Because it, 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 is, it is written Bodicea. So, we, thank you, Kim. That uh, always makes you laugh. And um, Ikea have changed the sounding of their name. Have they? Ikea? Oh, yes, that's right. Isn't it called Ikea? Somebody came up with it the other day. I remember hearing it. A, a spokesman for Ikea. And I remember thinking, I thought it was Ikea. I'm sure this it's Ikea. And uh, Lisa says, can't stand it when somebody says hospitalised instead of admitted and surgeries instead of operations. <laughs> and, um, and one here says, Steve, I would like to thank, says Caroline, a big thank you to the members of a certain community that keep fly-tipping in the beautiful part of Kent that I live in. Fly-tipping has now become the norm. It adds extra time on journeys. It's cost a fortune. Yes, I want to go and dump it back on their, their little property. Don't you? Because I think we know who does it. And uh, it, does, it just gets worse. Brian in Essex says, I think there are more weirdos in Parliament than anywhere else. It certainly appears to be the case, does it not? And um, perhaps he was, he was a, a regular punter, the Lord. Uh, a special off-peak price for old-age pensioners. Tins of minced beef ravioli, Irish stew, are cheaper even in Tesco than dog food. Yes, I know. Uh, 84850, uk. Contribute is now contribute. Contribute. Is that the one that you get? <laughs> I like all those things, actually. <laughs> Makes me laugh, actually, all these different things that are here. Uh, some more of them coming in at the moment. It's quite good. It's etc. etc. or etc. Isn't that that one about coffee? Have I always... I'd, es, espresso as opposed to expresso. Do you get that one as well? That one. <laughs> and um, uh, Steve, can you advise everybody to turn on their fog lamps? Visibility poor on the M11 due to rain, says Jamie, cab, drive, cab driver on his way home from work in London to Wellingborough. Good God in heaven. I don't even know where Wellingborough is. And uh, since when did Ralph become Rafe, says Jas? Yes, Rafe Fines. It's Ralph, isn't it? It's pre- and you, we've had that for ages, though. I quite like it. And uh, mispronunciation, says Patrick. I get irritated by people who say 20 instead of 20. Even John Humphreys does it, but I don't think you do. Never would, never would. Had a very good education. Very, very good education. Yeah, 20. What do you got? 20 pound note. <laughs> and uh, it has been known to announce Bodici. Bodici. Oh, right. Is that, is that the same? Is that the same for Bodicea? I quite like the contribute or contribute or contribute because you always get different things there. Uh, other stories. Um, here we go. Nike rhymes with spiky. Uh, and Nike rhymes with Nike rhymes with bike. No, it doesn't rhymes with spiky. So it's Nike spiky. Uh, Hermes. Hermes. Givenchy. Uh, Porsche. People call it Porsche. No, Porsche. That was one I couldn't think of before. Um... There's loads of them, actually. Yves Saint Laurent, Moet and Chandon. The T is sounded. I know that lots of you get it wrong, but we, we have to educate. Well, we try this morning. You'll be, you'll be coming up with loads of these, won't you, a little bit later on. And uh, Ikea. Now, this was the one. Uh, they, they, you've been pronouncing it Ikea since they first landed here. But it's all changed now. After 30 years... Uh, the company's first billboards featured images of an eyeball, a key, and a person saying "ah," and then they realised that they were going with it. So now it's Ikea. Ikea. Right? 
I don't know why we bother, ladies and gentlemen. I'll say, seriously, there's got to be better IKEA, I ask you. I've got a great story about Sarah Harding coming up in our free podcast for today, because you know we have a free podcast. We are one of the programmes that has two podcasts. Well, we have three, actually, because we have all sorts of things. We have the In Conversation, which you should have downloaded from yesterday with the lovely Jane Asher and the lovely Carol Vorderman. Well worth hearing again for lots of people who've never heard Jane Asher In Conversation. You can, because she was with me. This weekend, just gone. Free podcast for you up today where we shall look at lots of lovely celebrities, some who we love and some who are particularly stupid. And we like the stupid ones. The more daft they are, the more we enjoy them. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at Steve Allen Show, at Steve Allen Show. And you can listen to LBC whenever you like by downloading the LBC app. If you go to the LBC website, there is the LBC podcast app available for iPhones and Android phones as well. Have a lovely day. I'd take an umbrella because there's a chance that it might uh, might open up the heavens a little bit later on this morning. I'll have a chat to Arlene Phillips and that you'll hear this weekend. And I think it's Simon Pegg this weekend as well for In Conversation. Uh, at seven o'clock this morning, Nick Ferrari and the team will be here. But coming up next, Lisa Aziz with the morning news.